Tech Night Owl Live, the show for PC users who can handle the truth. And now, here's your host, Gene Steinberg. Good evening. We'll be talking about the iPad 2 launch all over again, iOS 4.3 and lots of other stuff with Peter Cohen of the Angry Mac Bastards radio show, Lance Ulanoff from PC Mag Online, and also Avram Pilch from Laptop Mag. All this and more this week on The Tech Night Owl Live. We join from his palatial estate in Massachusetts, the one, the only, the angry Mac bastard himself, Peter Cohen, who has, last time we heard, attempted to get decent cell phone reception with an AT&T iPhone. So how is that going? Have you decided to make the jump to Verizon? Well, I've been using a Verizon iPhone for about the past month, um, and uh, uh, yeah, I, I don't think I'm going to be making the, the switch to Verizon anytime soon. Logical question to ask, of course, is do you have any hobbies? No, that's what Ari King used to do. <laughs> but the real question is, why? Well, I, you know, I, I think that, interestingly, I, I've got to say at the outset, I, I have been uh, very happy with the Verizon iPhone's ability to make and receive phone calls. It's novel to be able to actually use your phone, your iPhone, as a phone when you live in a fringe area, as I do. Unfortunately, for one reason or another, my my house is seems to my house seems to be right on the line of of where AT and T's tower towers in my area are. So, um, I frequently have drop calls and a bad reception. You know, people will ask me to to repeat myself all the time when I'm talking from from my AT and T phone. Uh, so when I got a Verizon iPhone, I was really intrigued to discover that I could make and receive calls without too much of a problem. It was it, you know it was a very nice change of pace, but that alone is not enough to make me switch. And, and there are a few reasons why. I actually wrote about it on The Loop, loopinsight.com, which is uh, the website that I'm executive editor for. But just to go over some of the basic reasons, uh, there, there, there are a few. One is because I can't make calls and send and receive data at the same time. So if I'm out and about, you know, and, and somebody asks me for, or, or somebody tries to give me directions to a place, or somebody tells me where we're meeting, and I want to look it up on Google Maps, for example, I actually have to wait for the call to end before I can do that on a Verizon iPhone, because the CDMA technology that Verizon uses is different from the GSM technology that AT&T uses, and you can't walk and chew gum at the same time on a Verizon iPhone. You can't make a call and send or receive data at the same time. This is the object of all those ads you see for AT&T saying, look, here's somebody sitting at his desk, and his wife says, you did remember the reservation for our anniversary, and he looks up the restaurant reservation. The point being, though, if he was in an office, he'd probably have Wi-Fi and not need the cellular data connection, but still it could be a problem. Yeah, and I mean, actually, a lot of companies lock down their Wi-Fi connections for only business purposes. So, you know, it's entirely possible that a cell phone would be locked out or whatever. But yeah, I mean, Wi-Fi notwithstanding, you're out on the street. You're not on a Wi-Fi um, connection. This is a problem. This is a problem um, that I encounter all the time when I'm out and about with my phone. Um, so, yeah, this is a real showstopper for me, and it's something that I'm very accustomed to, having worked on AT&T's um, GSM network for, for many years now. And, and it's, it's, quite frankly, a feature that I'm not willing to give up. So I think that that anniversary ad really hits home for me. But it's true. You know, in the last month, I found that that issue uh, comes up over and over again uh, with my Verizon iPhone. One thing I did when I had a problem with AT&T is I complained loudly. And I said, look, folks, you know, this summer my contract is up. I can go ahead and buy a Verizon iPhone. Why do I want you? 
And they actually made an effort. They called me back. They gave me credit on my bill to figure out the problem. Now, if you're so close to a tower, maybe there are some adjustments they could make to fix things up in your neighborhood. Well, the solution, of course, is to get a microcell, which I did, and I've been essentially reimbursed for it. So, you know, it's it, it's free for me. A, a microcell is is what they call a femtocell. It's a device that hooks up to your broadband internet connection and acts as sort of a mini cell phone tower, a repeater, if you will. Uh, so when you're home, your cell phone is using that instead of one of the local towers. And that takes the edge off, I guess, but it's still not a perfect solution. You know, sometimes I scratch my head and wonder about AT&T's GSM implementation. Well, the other thing you have to bear in mind with, Peter, is that ultimately when Verizon Wireless moves everything to LTE, the 4G-style network, and Apple supports it, supposedly we'll be able to have voice and data at the same time. So this is only Sure, temporary. but that's going to be an entirely different device because AT&T's, uh, I mean, Verizon's iPhone 4 is a CDMA phone. There is no upgrade path to get that device to work towards LTE. Furthermore, LTE implementation nationwide, Verizon says that it, it won't have nationwide coverage for LTE until 2013. So, I mean, in terms of cell phone development, that's three generations of way you know a, 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 presumably apple is going to introduce a new phone this june just as they have for the last three summers you Pres- think? presumably apple will, <laughs> apple will, will recycle or, or will uh will will refresh the phone again in 20, 2012 and again in 2013 so yeah by 2013 by the time verizon actually has lte rolled out across the country and presumably into my remote neck of the woods as well I, i'm sure that, that 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 apple will have a very compelling lte based phone for me to consider. But right now, CDMA is the way that I'll be communicating uh, with a with an iPhone on Verizon's network, so it's what I have to put up with. I understand. I think if you're in an area where the reception is so bad that it's not just drop calls but not being able to make calls, I suppose you may have no alternative. So But here's I mean here's and here's another practical reason for why I don't want a Verizon I, iPhone. I travel internationally occasionally not frequently occasionally you are sometimes a world traveler some cdma doesn't get used in europe sure so i can make and receive calls on my gsm based at&t iphone 4 without any problem but you'll pay through the nose but listen you're a rich man you have the palatial estate no, no. I mean, you know, I turn off data roaming, and as long as, long as I'm judicious in, in, in the calls that I'm making or, uh, or receiving, I'm fine. But the bottom line is people can reach me at the number that they know. If I want to travel internationally with a Verizon iPhone, I, the Verizon iPhone becomes a brick. It becomes, you know, basically just a, a PDA in my pocket that I can only use on Wi-Fi networks. If, if I want to make and receive calls, my solution at that point is to go to a local phone store, stop at a kiosk in the airport, and pick up a throwaway phone that I'm going to toss as I leave. You know, which means that people are going to be getting phone calls from a number that they don't recognize. They may not, you know, bother to pick it up at all. And, you know, I'm going to be going with a pay-as-you-go rate for that particular phone, which may or may not be any better a deal than just traveling internationally with my, with, with, with my AT&T phone. So, again, it's, it's a showstopper for anybody who travels abroad. But, you know, maybe the other solution also, an additional solution in addition to, obviously, the network support, is for the GSM mobile carriers around the world to get together and develop affordable roaming plans so that somebody can travel overseas and not pay through the nose. I mean, from my home phone. Well, that's a completely different discussion. Sure, because from my home phone, I can call my son in Spain, 60 minutes I get free, 
After that's 1.1 cents per minute. Okay? But if I try to do that from my AT&T iPhone to call them in Spain, it's an arm, a leg, and a foot. Well, uh, be that as it may, Gene, you know, my, my sure. point is CDMA just doesn't work in Europe. So, you know, the, the iPhone, the, the Verizon iPhone becomes a brick um, the second you leave the, the U.S., unless you're going up to Canada or, you know, somewhere else where, where you can actually use uh, a Verizon iPhone on a CDMA, a local CDMA network. So it's just, you know, it's a non-starter. It's, 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 it, 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 it reduces the usefulness of the, of the Verizon iPhone. Well, so think of for, it this way, Peter, though. You could start traveling to Asia where there is some CDMA support. I'm just kidding. No, I understand your point of view, and this is where the dilemma starts and ends for people who want to decide which kind of iPhone to get. If you need voice and data simultaneously, if you need to travel to Europe or any of, what, 240 countries that have GSM, exactly, you, you get the AT&T phone and you hope to work something out with AT&T with regard to a microcell or some way to get support if you have bad reception. I'm lucky. Here in Phoenix, but just Just the mere good. fact the microcell exists kind of tells you what the problem is. They know. You know they know. Listen, I know this, phone. Peter. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Peter Cohen's our guest. I'm Gene Steinberg. We're back soon. Again, the Congressional Budget Office sounds the alarm, this time warns of Greek-style U.S. debt crises. You heard me right. The GAO is drawing a parallel between the U.S. economy, its debt, and the current Greek economic meltdown. With the debt-to-GDP chart climbing into unfamiliar territory, the growing budget deficit will rise to unsupportable levels. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. The Federal Debt and Risk of Financial Crises document the CBO has published is a must-read for every American, covering the risk of continued deficit spending coupled with an aging population and the rising interest rates spell economic disaster. It's imperative that you get a copy of this document and study it for yourself. Call me today at 800-686-2237, and I'll send you a free copy. Again, call 800-686-2237 and ask for your copy of the CBO document. Once again, you need to read this government report. Call 800-686-2237. The collapse of the dollar is imminent. You can protect your wealth by buying gold, silver, and strong foreign currencies. But what if the government confiscates your precious metals, implements exchange controls, or nationalizes your retirement? You need a backup plan. That's why you must move your wealth into an offshore asset protection structure. Go to CollapseProof.com to get your free special report and discover how to store your gold and silver in the world's safest vaults or how to hold foreign currencies in a way that's safe from bank failures, bank runs, or exchange controls. Learn how the U.S. government failed to collect a $36 million claim because the defendant legally used an offshore asset protection program. This is what you need to keep your wealth safe when the dollar collapses and CollapseProof.com can help. Our programs are 100% compliant with U.S. law, but you must act now before it's too late. Call 800-798-2008. That's 800-798-2008. CollapseProof.com. Asset protection in financially unsafe times. Sore throat? Spray that with Dermatol. Diaper rash? Spray that with Dermatol. Ouch! Burn or cut? 
Spray that with Dermatol for shockingly fast relief. If you had room for only one first aid product in your preparedness kit, you need Dermatol because it works on almost every skin irritation or injury. All natural Dermatol brings amazing relief to burns, cuts, scrapes, bites, boils, shingles, rashes, elderly skin tears, even chronic diabetic ulcers and bed sores. Dermatol is an all natural antimicrobial, antiviral, and antifungal wound cleanser that speeds healing with no side effects, is safe for all ages and skin types, and is even safe enough to spray on sore throats or onto sore eyes. Read our many testimonials at Dermatol.com, spelled D-E-R-M-A-T-O-L.com. Order online at Dermatol.com or call 800-217-6677. That's 800-217-6677. Effective, efficient, economical. Spray it all with Dermatol. America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. We want to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. And don't forget, you can visit the famous Tech Night Owl community forums at forum.technightowl.com. Get in on all the action. That's forum.technightowl.com. We return with Peter Cohen. He's with a radio show called The Angry Mac Bastards, and he's executive editor for The Loop at loopinsight.com, works with our good friend Jim Dalrymple, and they do it remotely. He doesn't have to go to Nova Scotia, except for weekends, to deal with Jim, right? (laughs) Yeah, and, you know, bail money to get Jim out of jail. Well, there is that. He's kind of a wild, bearded rock and roller, so he looks kind of threatening. He looks kind of homeless. But he's such a nice guy. You say, he you is. He's a big old teddy bear. He's a sweet. He's a sweet man. He's really nice. He's really nice to talk to. He's getting some really big scoops lately. You and he are getting these incredible scoops. You both knew that Apple would release the iOS 4.3 update two days early. Someone said three days earlier, but you got it right, and nobody else did. How did that happen? What can I tell you? You know, Jim and I have been in this business for a very long time. Our uh, connections run very deep, and and, uh, that we work with sources that we trust and who trust us. So uh, sometimes we're, you know, perhaps, uh, you know, have a a perspective on the industry that uh, that others don't share. Perspective being doing the hard work, you know? Nobody in this business bats a thousand, right? Nobody gets it right all the time. The problem I have, and this is why you stand out and Jim stands out, is so many people just guess. They shoot from the hip. They don't do their research. And we kind of rag on them on thetechnightout.com because we feel that, you know, if you're going to be a journalist, be a journalist. Basically, let's, you know, let's use that shoe leather, virtual shoe leather, whatever. Make an effort to check your facts. Don't just make up stories. If you don't know, you say, I don't know. Maybe you won't bat a thousand, but if you can bat maybe eight or nine hundred, it's pretty good. Well, it's a term that we like to bandy about on the Angry Mac Bastards podcast that we call new media douchebaggery. You know, and in a nutshell, it is the, the, the sense that you can say anything authoritatively. And as long as you say it authoritatively, who gives a damn if you're right? As long as you say it with enough force, you know, you, you, can, you can get any point across. And, you know, damn the facts. That's not journalism. That's crap. 
That is that is absolutely a crap way to run your business. It's a crap way to run your blog, and it's a crap way to run your news site. If you're in this business to actually be taken seriously as a journalist, you as you as you just said, Gene, have to you know put the shoe leather to the sidewalk and actually do the work. You have to you know talk to people. You have to develop trust with people in the industry, and you actually have to get your facts right. But there is this disgusting, loathsome, vile trend in in blogging these days to just be first and be as vocal as you can with no regard whatsoever to whether or not you're factually correct. And the idea is that if you have a strong enough opinion, you know, who gives a damn if you're right? And I think that that is just a lousy, lousy way uh, to do business, and I won't have any part of it. Well, this is the problem, of course, is that you write stories with the sake of getting lots and lots of hits. If you have these commission-based ads, more clicks, more money, that's how you stay in business. So it's about business, not about journalism. But then we can have that discussion on another show and talk about what's happened to mainstream journalism, 24-7 cable news networks. You know, I think almost every side, they do things just for the headlines and the ratings, not necessarily to get the facts. Let's look at the facts, though. iOS 4.3 comes out. You can't install it on your Verizon iPhone, but certainly on your AT&T iPhone. I assume the Verizon version will be out later. Any early observations? Yeah, you know, iOS 4.3 installed it without a hitch on uh, the devices that that I could apply it to. The the big thing for AT&T customers is that this adds the personal hotspot feature uh, that's been on the Verizon iPhone since it launched. So if you have a tethering plan with AT&T, that would be uh, one of the, um, I believe it's a $45 a month plan that gives you 4 gigabytes um, plus iPhone tethering. You can now use your iPhone as a Wi-Fi hotspot to share out with up to three computers. You can also connect additional devices through Bluetooth and um, tether it through USB on, on, on a Mac as well or a PC. And that that is a real game changer as far as I'm concerned. I've been using the personal hotspot feature on the Verizon iPhone uh, for several weeks now. I love it. I use it very frequently when I can't get a Wi-Fi connection uh, in another way or the Wi-Fi connection that I've got is lousy. Let's say at a hotel or um, a convention center uh, where uh, the connectivity might be flaky at best, but um, there's, there's solid cell connections. And that, that is a real game changer iOS uh, 4.3 has some other changes as well um, that, that are really important. One of the big ones is when you're using mobile Safari uh, on your device, whether it's the iPad 2 or the iPhone, uh, JavaScript, the, the JavaScript implementation of mobile Safari with iOS 4.3 is uh, distinctly faster. So you get some enhancements to AirPlay. Uh, if you're using an Apple TV or if you're streaming content to an AirPlay device in your home entertainment theater, uh, theater um, you get some enhancements out of that. You can um, stream video from your Photos app, uh, which is really cool. Um, iTunes home sharing has been improved. You can share your entire iTunes, iTunes library uh, on your Mac or your PC over your iPhone, your iPad, your iPod Touch uh, using Wi-Fi. So that's really great as well. And the big thing for iPad users, this is hilarious. Um, Apple changed it up with the um, the side switch on the iPad 2, and now you can customize it as to whether or not that side switch that's above the volume up and down buttons on your iPad is used as a rota- screen rotation lock, keeping it in either horizontal, uh, landscape, or portrait view, or use it as a mute switch. So um, people have that choice now uh, as to whether or not they want to use it. You don't have to depend on Steve it. Jobs' opinion as to which one it should be. 
Yeah, you don't have to depend on Apple's opinion anyway. Let's not lay it all on Steve. Why? But yes. He's there. He's the CEO still. And it's also to be true that you also have the Burger King way now. You have it your way. You can do it the way you want. I'm being not serious. One thing I liked is the support for Apple's new HDMI accessory connector. And this means, of course, that you could take the content from your recent iPhone, iPod Touch, or iPad, the first version, and get 720p output to your flat panel TV. And I start to wonder, if you have that feature, and you can get all the stuff from iTunes and the movies you rent, what do you need an Apple TV for? <laughs> well, you know, I think that there's still a cause uh, or a case for the Apple TV, um, you know, as sort of an integrated component of your home theater. So you don't have to, you know, haul out your iOS device um, when when you're using it. So, yeah, it's, it's still there. Besides, it's, uh, you know, it's at, at its price, $99. And I got mine on sale for less than that, considerably less than that. Um, uh, you know, there's there's certainly uh um, a, a case to be made for it just being an impulse buy for some customers as well. Also, you can now join the, what are these, various sports network thing, National League Baseball and NBA, and I don't think we have the football season pass yet, but it's going to come. So more and more you're seeing Apple TV take its position as a potential replacement for cable TV. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I've talked to several, uh, just anecdotally, I realize that, you know, anecdotes are not the same as, as hard data, but I've, I've spoken with several people who are content enough with uh, the Apple TV, TV's capabilities, especially its ability to stream content from Netflix, that um, they're either getting rid of their cable service or they're cutting back on it um, to just basic cable, and they're using Netflix as, uh, and, and Apple TV as an implementation to watch premium content that they want to see instead. We have premium content here with Peter Cohen of the Angry Mac Bastards Radio Show and, of course, The Loop at LoopInsight.com. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Owl Live.
If you own a septic system or if you're facing costly septic system replacement, this message is for you. When you want to stop paying for pump outs and avoid backups, when you've had enough of the foul odors and costly repairs, use BioSafe One Septic Solution. Now there's an easy to use 100% guaranteed answer to all your septic system problems. BioSafe One Septic Solution. BioSafe One is patented and made specifically for all septic systems and made by the same team of scientists to help clean up the Exxon Valdez oil spill. BioSafe One decontaminates and removes sludge, stops costly pump outs and repairs, and removes septic system stench, all with a 100% success rate. See what gives BioSafe One Septic Solution the advantage over any other septic product at BioSafeOne.com. That's B I O S A F E O N E.com. BioSafeOne.com. Or call toll free 1 866 424 6663. That's 1 866 424 6663. BioSafe One, the guaranteed, bio friendly, money saving way to clean. In your septic system. When making important financial decisions, you should always know the facts. That's why Midas Resources is willing to pay you to read the facts. Midas Resources, a team of hand-picked financial specialists with decades of financial experience who are ready to provide you with state-of-the-art, up-to-date financial services. Midas Resources offers a host of services and stands behind their products. In fact, if you call and order their free Midas report, Midas Resources will pay you. This detailed report will provide you with financial history on the safest and most profitable areas to invest in. If you read the report, Midas Resources will send you a free Walking Liberty Silver Half Dollar. So what are you waiting for? Get the facts and call Midas Resources toll-free at 888-292-2709. That's 888-292-2709. And remember, if you read the Midas report, you'll receive a free Walking Liberty Silver Half Dollar. You really can lose weight while you're sleeping. Guaranteed. AffinityDiet.com introduces Lose and Snooze and the One Day Diet. Great tasting Lose and Snooze from AffinityDiet.com is the first step in our guaranteed weight loss system. Lose and Snooze will help your body get a deep restorative sleep without the harmful side effects of pharmaceutical drugs. And during deep natural sleep, your body starts to shed unwanted pounds, build lean muscle, and lose inches. Add AffinityDiet.com's One Day Diet waivers and your metabolism keeps Keeps going with all the vitamins and minerals you need with no rebound effect. But don't worry, you're never more than 24 hours from your favorite foods. Learn more about Lose and Snooze and the One Day Diet at AffinityDiet.com, spelled A-F-F-I-N-I-T-Y, diet.com, or call toll-free, 855-663-3438. That's 855-663-3438. Finally, a diet that succeeds where others have failed, from AffinityDiet.com. Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. You're listening to the Tech Night All Live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what to expect. Peter Cohen of the Angry Mac Bastards Radio Show. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Of course, Peter also is executive editor for the Loop with LoopInsight.com. He gets superb insights. We're looking over briefly iOS 4.3, which Apple released. And it has more than just a tiny bug fix update. It packs some additional features. We were talking about the fact that a lot of the functions of the Apple TV are now capable of being accessed from an iPad and also from an iPhone and also from an iPod Touch. But as he says, maybe it doesn't replace 
the Apple TV, but at least it's an alternative if you don't have that spare $99 and change. Do you think Apple, though, is on the road by adding these features to almost conquering the living room? Somebody suggested as part of that question that Apple ought to license the module for the Apple TV for new TVs. So you could buy a Samsung or a Panasonic with Apple TV, which is basically the guts embedded in the TV. You know, there's an analyst over at Piper Jaffray named uh, Gene Munster who has been banging this drum for a year now, That uh, at least, that Apple should uh, embed the guts of Apple TV um, or that, that Apple should license, should do exactly what you described, license the, the guts of the Apple TV into um, a third-party TV. I think it would be a big, big mistake. question is why? Well, because Apple wouldn't have any direct control over that implementation. You know, Apple would license that out and, uh, you know, that TV would go out in the world. But, you know, Apple would would not have immediate control over how that product would be uh, marketed. Um, Apple could, uh, you know, potentially lose uh, control over how that that, uh, product feature is updated. What I'm saying is it is the Apple TV. In other words, they're basically selling the chassis to a third party to market on their TVs. It can't be altered as part of the contract, and you still go to Apple for the updates and everything else. It's just a convenience to have it inside the TV rather than outside. I agree. As soon as you allow other people to tamper with the Apple experience, things will go wrong. Yeah, so, I mean, I I don't see really the, the, the upside for Apple. Um, you know, right now Apple is selling a $99 device um, that that it has total control over the marketing and uh, distribution um, and and updating thereof, as opposed to uh, you know licensing the product for embedding in um, another product that that they don't have any control um, over how it's marketed. Again, I just don't see the upside for Apple. Well, maybe they can make a deal with TV makers where you have a slot in the back. An Apple TV slot. You license the Apple TV slot. And so you tell people, hey, you can put an Apple TV here. Here's a slot where you just pop it in. As opposed to just using an Apple TV and an HDMI cable? It's a separate dongle. Right now it's a separate dongle. It's inconveniently placed like on our set, our third HDMI port's in the front. So you've got the plug in the front. Going to the side where the Apple TV is, it's a little bit awkward. It's tiny, but it becomes awkward because of the cable. We can so, agree to disagree here, Gene. I just don't see the upside for Apple. It sounds like it's it's a it's a it's a pro, it's a solution in search of a problem. It's, I've got an HDMI set with 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 five inputs. Okay, well, you have an HDMI set with five inputs, so it doesn't matter. You right, know, exactly. In my situation, there is a little bit of an unsightly factor. The key is, though, at least the Apple TV is something that Apple is really interested in expanding. You know, we see the addition of sporting events. In any case, it doesn't matter. We'll have to see where it goes, and we'll see where Apple expands the Apple TV, how many more services they could license. Yeah, I mean, you know, the 4.3 update for uh, the Apple TV added uh, uh, NBA and, and Major League Baseball as well. So, I mean, That's you know... I said, the, yeah, sporting events also, 5.1 surround sound for... The Netflix, Netflix, right. So things are getting better all the time, so we have to see where it goes. Let's move to iPad 2. Had a chance to play with one? Yes, I did. I uh, had a chance to play with one at the... um uh, the uh, the Apple event last week where they were uh, where they were introduced very very nice piece of kit really looking forward to getting my hands on one. 
That's the British term, nice piece of kit. <laughs> okay, so there's a British background there, but seriously speaking, let's look at the iPad 2. You had a chance to play with it. I'm sure you've read some of the preliminary reviews. Now, mm-hmm. one contradiction I see, everyone, Mac World and other people, check the battery life, which appears to be similar to that of the iPad 1, except for all things digital. So their review says it has battery life that's inferior. Whom do you trust? Well, uh, you know, I, I, it's it, it's going to be a use case situation. You know, everybody's experience with the iPad is going to be entirely dependent on how they're using it. And obviously, some applications and some environments are going to drain the battery uh, faster than others. So, I, you know, I think that... that uh, um, the 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 ten hour ballpark um, is is a good gauge to go with, um, but you know the proof of the pudding is in the eating. I think we need more than um, just a few um, anecdotal reviews we've seen uh, before we can actually gather some hard data um, to figure out whether or not Apple's blowing smoke when it comes to iPad battery life. Well, it seems to me that if you look at the reviews of the new MacBook Pros. The thing I noticed with the MacBook Pro is Apple revised the test algorithm there where it supposedly represents more real-world testing to get battery life. So instead of 10 hours battery life, it's 7, but the 7 is something you can duplicate in the real world. It seems to me Apple is trying harder to give you specs where they give you specs that represent the experience you'll have. Let's just say they're less optimistic than the previous test methods. That's exactly right. Yeah. So, uh, you know, 10 hours, I think, is probably a realistic expectation. But, you know, I can't fault all things digital's uh, uh, testing methodology either. Those guys, um, uh, you know, are obviously very interested in in, in getting as accurate a beat as they can for their readers, too. So I've had my problems with some of Walt Mossberg's articles, though. I think some of the things and some of his conclusions sound repetitive and not very probing, but that's just me. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, which 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 makes uh, you know his criticism of the battery, you know, perhaps even more um, intriguing, you know, because generally, well, kind of softballs Apple stuff. I think he softballs everything. You know, I think when he criticizes something, it's very rare that he really goes in there and slams something. But because he's with the Wall Street Journal, he's credible. It's not that he says things that are wrong. I just don't see his reviews being that probing. But that's just me. And that's why Walt will probably never come back to the show he's been on. And now that he's heard this, if he hears this, he will never come back on. Let's go back to the iPad, too. Okay, so the thing I think that was criticized about the first iPad is the fact that at one and a half pounds and the way it was designed, it was hard to hold in one hand for reading Do you think the iPad 2, which is slimmer and a wee bit lighter, would make up the difference? Well, you know, after carrying the uh, the iPad and the MacBook Air on my back for a week last week, um, this is the first time I'd, I'd, I'd done a show. Um, I was at uh, the Game Developers Conference in San Francisco, which is a happy coincidence. That's why I was able to go to the iPad 2 rollout, um, because it happened in the same city, in fact, at the same venue um, as GDC. Um, that was the first opportunity I had to use the new generation MacBook Air. Um, and I can tell you, you know, the, the, the difference in weight when you're holding the iPad and the iPad 2 um, side by side is 
significant. That it doesn't sound like a lot on paper, but 1.5 versus 1.3 or 1.2, whatever it is, um, is the, the the difference is noticeable. So, you know, every ounce I think for a road warrior, if you will, for somebody who carries um, uh, uh, hardware on uh, on their back or over their shoulder, uh, is important to consider. I think that 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 that. that weight differentiation is a big deal. Well, I think as people use the iPad 2, we'll know exactly what it means in the real world and whether it's sufficient to make for that one-handed reading. Of course, the other criticism, and there are several, about the iPad 2 is that the screen resolution is not improved. It still reflects a lot. We'll get into more of that in a moment. We're talking to Peter Cohen. He's part of a group who do a show called The Angry Mac Bastards. He's the executive editor for The Loop at loopinsight.com. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Ray Perkins, a reclusive veteran burned out from the Gulf War, lives tortured by relentless, perplexing nightmares. Nightmares of a horrific battle in deep space and of a mysterious woman suffering in agony for her devastated world. A woman not yet born, calling across centuries to him. Then, a coincidence leads him to his destiny, his chance to alter the universe. Attack Attack of the Rockoids. The former fiction editor for Star Wars and Indiana Jones, Robert Simpson, writes... The soul of the novel Attack of the Rockoids lies in its heart and passion for building a convincing tale of a love that spans a galaxy. A thrilling story. Attack of the Rockoids is available now. Read a sample chapter and get a special discount off of the cover price at our website, rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Attack of the Rockoids, a novel in the grand science fiction tradition. Go solar for cheap. Want to use solar power but the price is too high? Now you can build your own solar panels for less than $200 at 123CheapSolar.com. Don't laugh. We've sold over 45,000 solar do-it-yourself kits. Watch the step-by-step videos that even non-handyman types can use. We offer a 60-day money-back guarantee. Go to 123CheapSolar.com or call 800-713-0486. 800-713-0486. Reduce your foreign oil dependency when you go green with 123CheapSolar.com. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. Never buy home canning jar lids again. No kidding. When you buy Tadler reusable canning lids once, you'll never buy canning lids ever again. Safely store emergency preparedness foods for years. Traditional metal lids are single-use throwaways containing BPA. But Tadler reusable canning lids are guaranteed to last a lifetime when used as designed for home canning. Tadler lids are made with a USDA and FDA-approved food-grade plastic, safe for direct food contact, and contain no BPA. Tadler lids are dishwasher safe, usable with standard pressure or water bath canning, eliminate food spoilage from acid corrosion, fit standard 
500 mason jars are indefinitely reusable and are proudly made in the USA. Place orders at reusablecanninglids.com or call 1-877-747-2793. 877-747-2793. Call 877-747-2793. Or go to reusablecanninglids.com. That's reusablecanninglids.com for Tadler Reusable Canning Lids. The original since 1976. Men, take control of your prostate health without the risk of nasty side effects with Prostate Secure. Early detection, regular prostate exams, and PSA tests are a must for men over 40. Listen, if you have symptoms of an enlarged prostate but don't want to take a drug with possible nasty side effects, or if you're over 40, then use Prostate Secure, a natural dietary supplement for men. Prostate Secure is a scientifically formulated blend of clinically significant amounts of natural ingredients. It brings together the most powerful plant sterols like beta-cytosterol, and saw palmetto, along with antioxidants such as vitamin D3, resveratrol, and lycopene to support good prostate health, proper urinary flow, function, and more. Check out ProstateSecure.com. Order online and save 10% with promo code SAVE10 or call 1-800-239-9432. That's 800-239-9432. Or visit ProstateSecure.com. Take control of your prostate health naturally with Prostate Secure. The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. GCN. Great talk radio starts here. You're listening to the Tech Night Out Live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what to expect. More time to spend with Peter Cohen. He's part of the Angry Mac Bastards radio show and the loop at loopinside.com. We're talking about the iPad 2 and about his surface reactions going to the Apple event. How'd Steve Jobs look to you? Any more robust or still as thin as he was before? I was in the back of the theater, um, hundreds of feet away from Steve. Um, So um, my uh, view of Steve was probably not as good as those who have watched the video um, on Apple's website. So I I would defer to anybody who's um, seen uh, the keynote video on Apple's website um, as opposed to my perspective. But he seemed, he sounded alert and everything else. And, you know, after we hear these tabloid stories about how sick he really is and he's going to a cancer center and the question and the comment I'd make about that is maybe he is going for a cancer center because they have to check him every so often to make sure to be optimistic about it there's no recurrence of the disease you know I'm a tech journalist Um, I'm not really interested in uh, prurient details um, about the personal lives of the people who I report on uh, whether you know it's it's Steve Jobs' health or Tim Cook's sexuality or uh, 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 what Larry Ellison had for dinner last night, um, it doesn't interest me. You don't want to know what Larry Ellison had for dinner last night? Maybe well, you would have liked to have your wife cook it for you. You know, five gets you ten that it was sushi anyway. So uh, you know, whatever. <laughs> I don't know about his diet. We know it'll be vegetables if it's, of course. Steve Jobs, but I won't get into that anyway. Back to the iPad 2. The other one is that the resolution of the two cameras doesn't seem to be as high as some might have expected. They are the same cameras in terms of specs as the ones on the iPod Touch. I absolutely adore. I absolutely adore the fact that people are knocking the iPad 2 for not having the specs that they came up with in their imagination. You know, I mean... 
the astonishing idiocy of the tech punditry out there to come up with these imaginary specifications for what the iPad 2 should be compared to what the iPad 2 actually is. You know, oh, the screen resolution isn't high enough. It isn't, it isn't a retina display like, you know, what I imagined it was going to be. Or uh, the, 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 uh, uh, the, the, the video resolution of the camera on it isn't as good as it, it might have been, um, you know, based on what my expectations were ahead of time. Well, to hell with your expectations. You know, compare it to what was there before. You know, it didn't have a camera before. So anything is better than that. You know, and, and actually take a look at what you can do with it when you've got it in your hands instead of imagining what it might have been if it was 1080p instead of 720p. I just I don't have a lot of tolerance for this crap. Well, you know, of course, a lot of times a third party company or competitor to the iPad to Apple's products in general, they'll dwell on specs, not usability. I mean, you look at, for example, the Motorola Zoom, which you know, I see that with an X, Zoom with an X, which reminds me is a Zoom from Microsoft. <laughs> you know, why have the same name as a failure or almost the same name? But then you have the ads and they're talking about the widescreen display and this 3D stuff. Okay, what apps can you run on it? What can I do with it? I don't know because the commercial doesn't tell me. It's like Droid does. What does it do? Tell me, please. You're absolutely right, and I, that was a point that Steve actually underscored during his keynote for the iPad 2 presentation, uh, you know, that they're much more interested at, in usability than, uh, than in dwelling on specs. This is partly, though, to defer, to try to avoid getting into a spec war because, uh, you know, NVIDIA is putting a lot of heat on uh, Apple with its Tegra 2 architecture. That is the microprocessor architecture that actually Motorola uses in the Zoom. Also, Motorola is using it in the Atrix 4G which is their new uh, 4G phone, the one that plugs into the device that all of a sudden turns it into um, a little mini uh, netbook. Um, so uh, there, there, is, there is an incentive uh, for Apple to try to de-emphasize the specs on these things because they want to avoid what uh, Motorola and other companies are trying to do uh, by heating up the, the spec war. And I think that Apple is absolutely right to do that. Well, the other thing is here, if Apple's going to produce a product every year obviously they're locked into specs they have to say what can we get now what's it cost to add that part to the system and keep the price down because you have to do a great juggling match what does it bring in usability but with other companies what do we compete with well if the ipad 2 has a one gigahertz processor let's have 1.2 if they have 1.2 we'll have 1.5 not because the usability is any better or it will really run much faster with the operating system. It is, we need to boast about something. We need to deflect your attention from what it's all about. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I mean, you know, the fact of the matter is they don't have uh, the ecosystem that the iPad does. They don't have um, the uh, the gestalt of what, what makes the iPad the iPad um, to compare. So they go after specs. You know, they go after the low-hanging fruit. You know, if we can, you know, talk about horsepower and if we can talk about uh, zero to 60, then, you know, that that's important to some people. And sure it is. Let me give you the argument about zero to 60, okay? Hang on, so, Gene. Let me finish. Hang go on. Ahead. Let me finish. Sure. The only people that you're going to attract with that are gearheads. If you take a look at the people who are the hardest core, the hardest core about their 
goddamn Android phones. You know, it's always the tech weenies who have to sit there and pontificate about how great their Android phone is because they can do this, that, and the other thing with this widget that they did, or they just jailbroke it and, and, and did this, that, or the other thing. If you actually talk to normal people who use that crap, they actually have no tolerance for it whatsoever, and they get irritated by it. You know, well, and it's the same kind of stuff that, 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 that goes on in the PC industry. Well, you know, it goes on almost everywhere. You look, for example, at automobiles. And as you said, zero to 60 miles an hour is the spec. So you have one car that's zero to 60 in 6.1 seconds. But it's bad because the next car is zero to 60 in 5.8 seconds. Tell me how many people out there can tell a difference of three-tenths of a second, even a second. Yeah, tech weenies. Gearheads. Gearheads can tell. You know, every time I go on the highway with my car, I take my stopwatch and I floor it and see how fast I can get it from zero to 60. You know, I just have to do that. This is something that I live for. <laughs> That's right. Come to a full stop on the highway and then just stomp on the gas, right? Right. Of course, you know, at this point, I've already caused many accidents. The police department is watching this lunatic who's trying to do a zero to 60 test. What you're really concerned with is, does it accelerate as fast as normal people need? If you need to pass on the highway or go up a road, a mountainous road, and you need to be able to maintain a speed, does it have enough power? Does it ride and handle well? You know, I mean, can you make a slightly fast turn and go out of control or not? That's what I think is important. What about the safety thing if you get into an accident? Are you going to live through that accident? Does it have the best possible safety hardware? Or are you going to be crushed into a little dead roach or something? Which we don't want to get that graphic, but we just did. <laughs> you know, it's it, it's exactly right. You know, and and um, it's it, it it's it's it is a, a pox upon the tech industry uh, to focus on specs when what really matters is usability. And usability versus specs is the difference between having a product that people want and having a product. It comes to the same thing here. We had Adam Inks to use the phrase, it's like a blank slate, the iPad. And it doesn't have any value until you run the software. It's not just using the email or the browser. What kind of software can you run on it? So you take the Zoom, the Motorola Zoom. What applications does the Google Android marketplace for that operating system have for you? What, 50, 100? Do you have a garage band equivalent? What about editing movies? All the stuff that you can do on the iPad, can you do those functions? A, B, C, and D on these competing products. Looking at the iPad too briefly before we go into some other subjects for the final segment here. Anything you think Apple could have done better? For the iPad too? Uh, you know, it's funny. I've been asked this question a lot over the course of the past week. And... Um, yeah, storage capacity. Uh, storage capacity is my one complaint with the iPad. Um, and it goes to actually to the iPod Touch as well. Um, just by way of background, I am a lint brush uh, for media content. Uh, not so much for movies, but for music especially. And I love to bring my music library wherever I go. Uh, and I've got a lot. I mean, I, I think my media library right now on, in iTunes is up to about 118, 120 gigs. Okay, so the 160 gigabyte iPod I'm still Classic using a is still usable. Let me do this here. Let's do this. 
We have Peter Cohen of the Angry Mac Bastards radio show and also The Loop at LoopInside.com where he's executive editor and works with our friend Jim Dalrymple. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Hi, Ted Anderson announcing a great way to listen to radio on the telephone. By calling 760-569-7700, you'll be hearing GCNlive.com programs in seconds. Come to GCNlive.com, find your favorite host's dedicated phone number, and hear them 24-7. You heard me right, every show has a dedicated phone number. Stop by GCNlive.com and bookmark their number today. And again, that's 760-569-7700. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. Welcome back to the Tech Night All Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. We return with Peter Cohen, who is a cutting-edge commentator, very outspoken. He never hides what he thinks about something. So we're talking about the iPad 2 and also about the corresponding installation in the iPod Touch. 64 gigabytes, that's half what you need right now. It's not enough. That's exactly right. You know, as I was saying in our last segment, I um, am a, a lint brush for media. I, I, I like a lot of music, and I like to bring all my music wherever I go. My iTunes library is is well north of 100 uh, gigabytes, and that 160 gig um, iPod Classic, that hard drive-based iPod Classic, is the only device right now that Apple has um, that can hold all of my media. So um, I would I would have liked to see um, Apple step up to the plate with a higher capacity iPad 2, uh, but I understand their need to keep the price um, at the same point um, that the i the original iPad was, and frankly, flash storage is still pretty expensive. So I begrudgingly accept that Apple couldn't have done that and still made the product as a Affordable as it as it is, it but doesn't it scale very well. Much. I mean, the increase in flash storage after that basic thirty-two or sixty-four gigabytes doesn't scale. So it's not another hundred dollars or one hundred fifty dollars to get to one hundred twenty-eight. It might be two or three hundred dollars. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, if you take a look at the price of of SSD storage, for example, uh, it gets incredibly pricey very fast. It will depend on how well they expand production. I think in a year or two. You can say then we can get 128 gigabytes or 256. This is one of the reasons, for example, on a notebook computer, if I want to buy a new MacBook Pro, 17-inch, and it seems like an extraordinary box, huge improvements, Thunderbolt, everything, okay, for the connection port. Now, it's great, but then, okay, the hard drive is the same. If I want something that's better, I want solid-state storage, anything over 256 gigabytes, even that is humongously expensive. 
That's exactly right. So that doesn't scale very well, and I understand that that's fundamentally beyond Apple's control because Apple doesn't make that stuff. You know, the, those are components that Apple is sourcing from from other folks. That is just a matter of time. It will eventually catch up. But, you know, for right now, it's the cross I bear as, uh, you know, somebody who just can't bear to let those 80s albums um, out of my sight. Well, if the next mobile me is what they think it is, you'll be able to put more of your stuff in the cloud. <laughs> this is true. And let's talk this about that briefly. Okay. We have another rumor. And you, of course, are well-connected, a well-connected person. You know people who know people. And because you know people who know people, we have this rumor that sometime in April... And as far as the iOS is concerned, it's possibly right. Apple will roll out iOS 5, at least a demonstration, a couple of months, a couple of three months ahead of the introduction. Also, maybe introduce an update, a major update to MobileMe, taking advantage of their new data center in North Carolina. They spent, what, upwards of a billion dollars to put all those servers up there. they got to do something to leverage that expense. They will make it more for cloud storage. So where do we go from there? What do you think about the rumor? Well, I think it's only a matter of time before um, uh, MobileMe goes up in the cloud. And I'm not telling any tales out of school here. Uh, Steve Jobs said as much um, last year. You know, He said that, that 2011 was going to be a big year for MobileMe. Uh, we've got this billion-dollar data center uh, in North Carolina. Yeah, it, it, it's only a matter of time uh, before we see some significant changes. Does that mean everything's going to go up into the cloud? I, I don't know about that, but I, I think that uh, uh, by the end of the year, um, Apple is is going to be looking very differently at mobile me services than they are now. And the reason for this, I think, has a lot to do with what Google is doing with Android. Because if you take a look at Android phones and Android devices, um, cloud storage and cloud accessibility is essential um, in the in the Android ecosystem, and it really makes a lot of sense. You know, it 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 keeps. Um, content synced very effectively. And listen, I'm a, I'm a long-time MobileMe user. I go back to iTools with MobileMe. Okay, so um, I, I have a MobileMe subscription. I will always have a MobileMe subscription. And I, I love it because it enables me to do exactly that. You know, my wife and I share calendars. You know, all of my uh, bookmarks and, and uh, uh, email rules and all that other stuff is synchronized. You know, MobileMe is a very important part of my digital life. But I'm not everyone, and I understand that Apple has had, you know, a certain amount of, of trouble convincing people of the value of MobileMe, especially when Google has given all the stuff away. So I think that we've got to move uh, to a cloud-based uh, service, and Apple has to incent people to do it. And do I, you think, I think Apple will make it free, you, or will they I, cut the price to $49 a year or something? Absolutely. I think Apple will make some, if not all of it, free. For sure. That's one thing to attract it. We don't want to run into a situation that, for example, Microsoft ran with the sidekick hardware they bought where they had this that, server that, outage. It wasn't properly oh backed up. They had a mess. Yeah, that will never happen again, I don't think. Microsoft was chastened. We're also seeing now that in terms of mobile hardware, it's all Apple and it's Android. We have the marketing guy from Research in Motion leaving, what, weeks or months before their tablet computer comes out. We have Microsoft making this deal with Nokia where they're pouring lots of money into that company to the exclusion of other companies who are using Windows 7. So those operating systems in terms of tablets, they're not going to happen. We're not going to happen in any great big percentages. Yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's it'll be interesting to see the way the, the market uh, the, the market shapes up over the the coming months. I think 2011 is going to be a revolutionary year uh, for a lot of uh, of the industry. It'll be very interesting to see, of course, whether any of the so-called iPad killers get any traction. I mean, Motorola's pushing the heck out of the Zoom with, of course, the cooperation of Verizon Wireless. But it may also be those ads will stop on the hour that the iPad 2 is being advertised by Verizon Wireless because there'll be no point. Nobody will care. <laughs> Uh, no, I think that that uh, the the Zoom will, uh, um, will you know look. It, it's a big ecosystem, right? And we're going to see the tablet market especially change uh, in 2011 because in 2010 it was Apple's game. Uh, you know, Apple's already thrown down the gauntlet and said 2011 is the year of the iPad 2. I, I think it's way too soon to call that yet. I think that um, the market is going to change a lot. We've already seen uh, Android-based phones overtake the iPhone in terms of overall market share. Because there are so many more companies bringing them to market, uh, and so many more carriers that that, uh, uh, that 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 can release them at different price points. But regardless of that, this isn't Highlander. This isn't Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. There doesn't just have to be one winner here. You know, this isn't like the '80s or the '90s and the PC wars where Microsoft had to trump Apple and then had to be the dominant figure. It isn't like Apple and and Android, and that's it. All right, there's plenty of market here for everyone. This is a much bigger pie, and companies like Google um, and all of Google's uh, licensees and Apple with the iPhone and the iPad um, and the iPod, um, they all have a much bigger piece of pie here to eat from. They can all be comfortable, um, and they can all sort of you know shoulder in at the trough uh, and pick from it because the smartphone and the tablet market uh, is much bigger than that, and it's it's uh, it's a huge ecosystem uh, that can feed a lot of comfort- co- companies very comfortably and uh, not support just one dominant paradigm over any other. So you can't go off with their head. That's true. Okay. Not going to be like Alice in Wonderland. No, it won't be. <laughs> or there can be only one. They are supposed to be remaking a Highlander film. If anybody cares, <laughs> you know, they don't care that Christopher Lambert was the original Highlander. This is after he did Tarzan. But that's another story. We can't get into that because this is a technology show. And we don't talk about movies, except when we have Andy and Atko. And we don't talk about TV, <laughs> except when we have Jason yes. Snell. Indeed. Indeed. Tell our listeners where they can find more of the things that you can hear from Peter Cohen and read from Peter Cohen. Sure. Uh, you can read me at loopinsight.com. You can listen to my podcast, We Run Blue. That means that we use naughty language uh, every week on angrymacbastards.com and uh, most recently on the gamification blog at zdnet.com. Um, so I hope to see you there. Thank you very much for having me, Gene. The ZDNet blog. That means you're working for CBS, right? I Indeed I am. Oh, wow. I worked with CNET and ZDNet long before they were a glimmer in the eyes of CBS, which, by the way, is one of the few companies where they've kept the same logo for 60 years. Think about that. Oh, wow. That's a long time. Peter Cohen, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. Always a pleasure, Gene. Thank you very much for having me. You 
expect professional service from your doctor, your accountant, and even the girl who takes your morning coffee order. Why not from your domain registrar, too? Namecheap.com provides stellar service with no sneaky upselling. We offer more features and security options for your website than there are ways to order a latte. And new domains come with WhoisGuard to protect your personal info. At Namecheap.com, you can get your domain for as low as $2.99. Now is a great time to get to know Namecheap.com. Hey neighbors, Nuance offers Dragon speech recognition for a variety of platforms. Dragon Dictate for Mac, Dragon Naturally Speaking 11 for Windows, and Dragon Mobile Apps for BlackBerry, iPhone, and iPad. No matter how you compute, Dragon instantly converts what you say into text, helping you be more productive just by talking. Find out more at GetDragon.com. That's GetDragon.com. GetDragon.com. It's the winter cold and flu supplement sale at HerbalHealer.com. Take advantage of Herbal Healer Academy's incredible savings on the best cold and flu supplements available. Many of you know elderberry is exceptional against viral infections. Right now, Herbal Healer Academy has elderberry power. Regularly priced at $16.95, now incredibly low at only $10 for 60 vegetarian caps. For children and seniors, our Herbal Healer Academy flu away elderberry liquid is only $13 for a 4-ounce bottle. Also on super sale, olive leaf capsules, oregano oil plus capsules, and our incredible respirate formula, oregacillin physician strength capsules for your lungs. Normally $34.95, now just $25. Hit the winter specials link at herbalheater.com for these cold and flu supplement specials and other on-sale products like apple cider vinegar, brain power, and neuro recovery. New customers get a free catalog with your first order. Log on and hit the winter specials now at herbalhealer.com. Making the right decisions is a challenge to investors. Are we going to see economic growth, slide into a recession, or at worst, depression? Hi, Ted Anderson from Midas Resources. We all know when a company acts irresponsibly, divesting ourselves in a move towards safety is prudent. When the market becomes volatile, U.S. Treasuries are a safe haven. But what do you do when the U.S. government overextends itself and spends beyond its means? Many investors are turning toward gold as a common-sense alternative to traditional paper investments. Midas Resources has put together a powerful book titled 10 Reasons to Own Gold, discussing costs, benefits, risks, featuring full-color illustrations, weights, and measures. The book is free and can be yours by calling 800-686-2237. Paper investments are dwarfed by gold's 6,000-year history. Discover how gold may be right for you and your IRA by calling 800-686-2237. Whether buying or it's time for you to sell, the book is free. Call 800-686-2237. For centuries, Silver has been used as a powerful natural antibiotic. And as a listener to this station, you probably already know the benefits of using colloidal silver. With so many websites to choose from, finding a reputable patriotic company with great products at affordable prices can be a difficult task. Introducing UtopiaSilver.com. UtopiaSilver.com carries the best, most effective, and most affordable colloidal silver and colloidal gold products in the industry. UtopiaSilver.com also carries products to fit your life lifestyle, including weight loss, immune system defense, cleanses, herbs, joint and bone care, and much more. First-time customers using promo code GCN50 will receive 50% off all colloidal products. Visit us today at Utopia Silver, that's U-T-O-P-I-A Silver, utopiasilver.com, or call 888-213-4338. That's 888-213-4338, utopiasilver.com, taking back America's health care one American at a time. 
America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. We want to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, just send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. And if you want to catch up on past episodes, we have hundreds of shows for you to download direct from technightall.com slash radio. That's technightall.com slash radio. Or check us out at iTunes. We have Lance Ulanoff of PCMag.com. And I was reading an article from you, Lance, some days back, where you were pondering whether you wanted to get an iPad 2. You already have an iPad 1. So how was the process of this decision made? Yeah, I really do like my iPad. Um, my Apple iPad is probably my favorite gadget right now. Um, I use it all the time. Many evenings, you'll find me on my recliner with it in my lap. I'm either doing email, browsing the web, maybe I'm watching some YouTube videos, or I'm drawing on it. Yeah, I've really taken to the device, fallen in love with it. And, yeah, I heard about... You know, I started reading first the conjecture about the the Apple iPad 2, and I was kind of excited and interested. And although not everything about the iPad 2 came true, they didn't up the screen resolution. It's the same as the iPad. They uh, they did do many other things that I expected. Uh, they did make it thinner, 33% thinner. Uh, they did add the cameras as I expected. They made it faster. Again, I expected all this. Uh, and it just it just makes it that much more attractive to me. I really like the cameras. I really like the speed. And, uh, you know, and the speed will probably give a little bit more stability to some of the apps that I use, which I think do struggle a little bit on the specs for the first, the first iPad. Uh, I love that they didn't change the price. I think that was so, from a business perspective, that was incredibly smart. And it makes it that much more attractive. And now, of course, you can get it on um, Verizon or AT&T. Although, I'll be honest, I did get an iPad with a 64-gigabyte iPad with both Wi-Fi and 3G. And I have yet to turn on the 3G. Save the I- 130 bucks and do it. Now, that may also be why Apple possibly didn't beef up the specs on the cameras. They were basically trying to build something that's better, but obviously they have to follow a price structure. They have to earn so much per unit. You know, it's a big business decision, and you can't put in everything in there and get something that will be the same price, especially the flat panel display. You're adding lots more pixels. You're doubling the pixels. The panels are going to cost an arm, a leg, and a foot right now. Maybe a foot or a hand, <laughs> a leg. Yeah, I think they were very aware of that. Um, they're trying to maintain that that price benefit ratio advantage they have over the competitors right now. And um, I mean, it's a tiny bit disappointing that the rear facing camera is not higher than one megapixel. I would have thought that they would have gone with five. However, it does still shoot 720p video. So at that point, I'm not sure you really care. You know, one of the primary uses for the forward facing camera, the camera on the face, is to to use it with FaceTime, which is basically video conferencing. Uh, and I really, you know, I really like that. Uh, and I've used it on the iPhone and it's it's cool. It works well. It's a lot of fun. 
and you don't need a high resolution camera for that. So, and besides, if you call your friends, maybe they don't want to be seen in high definition. I'm sure. I'm sure they don't want to see me that way. I may not want to see them that way. Well, the other uh, thing you have to consider also is that Apple did add high definition to the camera on the MacBook Pro. So it'll come. It just costs a couple of cents more. I think a lot of it is that. Okay, so you made a fateful decision. You see this thing that really looks tempting, but you've got the original iPad. What decision did you make? <laughs> well, you know, it's funny because then it becomes – there's another complication there. So, okay, if I want to get the new iPad, how do I go about that? And how do I negotiate with my wife, who actually bought me the first one as a gift and knows exactly how much she spent, that it's a good idea – to spend a similar amount of money in less than 12 months. In fact, less than nine months. And she keeps the budget, right? Yeah. Okay. So we actually did come to she, – she raised the possibility, which hadn't even occurred to me, uh, because you know, I could have, for example, I could have sold my iPad on the open market, right? I could have gone to eBay or Craigslist. There's a lot of them being sold there already. I could have done that. There's a bunch of trade insights that will give you X amount of dollars depending on the condition of your iPad. You can get like $400 right now for a first version uh, one like at my level. But I think that uh, what she suggested that kind of surprised me is she said, well, what if you gave me your iPad and then you bought one? I was like, wait a minute, you want an iPad? She's like, yeah, I, I think, you know, I'm getting tired of being the only one sitting on the couch without something in my lap. And uh, I could see using it for recipes. I could see using it for checking websites and budget and all that. I was like, oh, well, that, what a fantastic idea. Well, you know what? So you have to be lucky, though. You have to be a lucky man because she could have said to you, you know, Lance, I'll tell you what. You keep the iPad 1. I'll get an iPad 2 for myself. <laughs> but see, she knows. She knows that to me it matters to have the, the latest and greatest. And to her, it doesn't matter so much. Uh, she doesn't push for the technology. But I was surprised that she, she kind of now that she looked at me the other night and she's like can i have my ipad looking at mine i said not yet i don't have mine so you didn't get one of those early review samples yet actually uh pcmag.com does and in fact we have a review up on the site right now but you and didn't write that review no i did not um that was written by a tablet analyst and uh but i fully support his uh evaluation we gave it an editor's choice it's still the best tablet out there uh you know that's that's the the really important thing to remember right now is that apple's maintaining its lead they're they've done what i think is just enough to excite people to get them to buy the upgrade and to really compel people who haven't made the tablet leap to still buy their product first. And not for nothing, but you have to keep in mind that they have 65,000 iPad-designed apps ready and available in iTunes right now. When you look at Android, the marketplace, there aren't that many apps that are designed for Honeycomb on Zoom, you know, for a tablet running the latest Android operating system. And it's not just the number of apps, it's the good ones. So, for example, you know, what equivalent would you have on Android to GarageBand, which seems to me like an awful lot of fun. I'm not a musician. I yeah. play one on TV. But <laughs> I have a feeling that a lot of people are going to buy iPads just to have a tiny version of GarageBand they can take with them without having to buy a full-fledged Apple notebook. 
Yeah, and it costs $4.99. I mean, it's a no-brainer. You buy it. I checked it out. You know, I play guitar poorly, but I play. And uh, I immediately wanted to try out the guitar portion of it uh, to make music. Uh, and, of course, they also have um, iMovie. Uh, again, I think it's four ninety nine, and uh, you know now that you can shoot video with the uh, the iPad, you can shoot video, high def video. You can edit it right on the iPad. You're going to upload it right straight to YouTube, which is something I've done, by the way, with the iPhone four. So and also you uh, can use the accessory cable and watch it in high definition on your flat panel TV. That's right. They have the HDMI um, accessory that allows for what's called mirroring. Uh, so you can either play stuff in high def directly to your TV, or you can sort of have it mirror your activities right on the screen, full screen on your HD TV. And also, by the way, you can buy the accessory cord for the original iPad and also for some other iOS devices, recent iPod touches and iPhones, and get 720p. So you wonder, right. where goeth the Apple TV with that capability? We'll ask more about those things in a moment. We have Lance Ulanoff of PCMag.com. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter, and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that, too, in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs convert from so many files formats, I can't even list them. Download now to see if Graphic Converter is good for you, like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You could save money when you buy Graphic Converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for Graphic Converter. Go to LemkeSoft.com. That's L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. LemkeSoft.com. L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. Reality check. There are many so-called health products coming out that are here today but will be gone tomorrow. They're fads. They're hype and a lot of gimmick. Life Change Tea is no fad. We've been around for years and we've been slowly growing. And our products have attracted loyal customers. Why? Because our products work. Cleansing your body. Losing weight. More energy and better overall health. And you might ask, says who? Our customers say. A company shows its colors with how many people reorder the product. So don't be afraid. We're the real deal. Log on to GetTheTea.com and read all the testimonies. In fact, log on and order at GetTheTea.com. That's GetTheTea.com. Or call us at 928-308-0408. There's no call centers, just a friendly operator. 928 928- 308-0408. Once again, 928-308-0408. This is an urgent message. Urgent if you care about feeding your family. S510 has passed through Congress and will make the sale of heirloom seeds difficult. Prices of non-GMO seeds are skyrocketing and may be hard to afford in the future, if you can even find them. As the economy continues to decline, this will make the heirloom seeds worth their weight in gold and one of the best barter tools available. When food supplies eventually run out, your solution is to grow your own food and barter tool. 
Now, for a short time, GetSeeds.net offers 100 packets of heirloom non-GMO vegetable seeds for only $59. Pay with two ounces of pure silver or just $59. The best price on the net for high-quality seeds. Our GetSeeds.net seeds are open pollinated vegetable seeds sealed in a Mylar bag for long-term storage. Bulk pricing available. So get seeds while you still can at GetSeeds.net or call toll-free 877-341-4769. That's 877-341-4769. Did you know that drinking pure, high alkaline water is one of the most important factors in maintaining high energy and vibrant health? Most experts agree that the water you drink should be at a pH level of 8 or higher. AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops, available only at AlkaVision.com, combine a unique formula of only the most alkaline minerals. AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops alkalize your water, ridding the body of harmful toxins, and helps you regain health and energy. Alkaline your water by simply adding 10 drops of AlkaVision Plasma pH drops helps the body rid itself of acidic waste, increases oxygen content, and raises the pH of your body to healthy levels. And bacteria and viruses cannot survive in an alkaline high pH environment. Order your bottle of AlkaVision Plasma pH drops for only $29.95 at AlkaVision.com. That's A-L-K-A-Vision.com. Or call 269-409-1776. 269-409-1776. Alkalize your body supercharge your health at alkavision.com today are you tired of searching for great talk radio something more important search no more we are the gcn radio network you're listening to the tech night all live with gene steinberg you never know what to expect we return with lance yulanoff of PCMag.com. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live, and we're talking about the iPad 2, which garnered an editor's choice at PCMag.com. So you want to read the review rather than just depend on us and Lance. Don't take our word for it. Read the review, then decide for yourself if you want to upgrade from your older iPad, you want to choose that instead of a Motorola Zoom or anything like that. What bothers me about the Motorola Zoom is it sounds like Zoom. <laughs> Forget about the product. It sounds That's, like Zoom. Why did they pick that name? That happens to people every once in a while, but uh, it is a gorgeous device. You know, if you've seen the Motorola Zoom, it's uh, it's really it feels good. It works well. It's uh, the aspect ratio on the screen is a little bit different because, as you know, with the the Apple iPad, it's more or less uh, a four or not four three, but sixteen nine ratio or sixteen. I'm sorry, sixteen ten ratio. So more like the standard computer screen. Whereas the the trend now is to have wider, sort of shallower uh, screens, and the the Zoom follows that. The iPad stayed the same. The iPad, by the way, didn't get high. You know, it's 1024 by 768. Um, and the, the Zoom has a higher resolution and plays HD movies on it. Although at that size, can you really tell the difference? I, I honestly don't know that you can. I don't think um, you can tell the difference between 1080p and 7, you know, 20p and all that stuff. I don't think you can. A lot of people, pe- people can't. Okay, I raised that question with a previous guest. I'll raise it with you. Okay, so you have all these new features of iOS 4.3. Streaming stuff from your Mac to your Mac and PC with movies that you can rent from iTunes and everything else. You can plug your iOS device into your flat panel TV with that accessory cable for $39. Does that mean that Apple TV itself is impacted? I don't think so. You know, it's a, it's a different interface. You know, I have Apple TV. Uh, I use it. It's kind of cool. 
you basically, you know, you have your little remote control, you turn it on, you can stream your movies, you can view your iTunes content. You know, the HDMI out cable is kind of nice for people who don't have Apple TV because then they can hook it up directly. But I've used um, what's called, you know, AirPlay with my iPad or my iPhone um, and the Apple TV. And you basically, you're, you're viewing something on your screen, whether it's movies or you could be listening to music or photos and you hit that little icon and it goes in place right through Apple TV over Wi-Fi directly to your TV. And you know what? It looks good. So I don't think you're missing anything by not having the cable, but I think for people who don't have that, it's immediately a way to quickly get the display out onto a bigger screen. And don't forget, people may go, they may take their iPad on the road, business people, and they may want to show a presentation. And so they can just hook that up now to, with this cable, to an HDTV in the office and give it, give the presentation to a bunch of people instead of having them cluster around the iPad. And also, if you're home and you look at the price, $39, but I get the full-time unit for $99 that I can plug into my TV and leave it there. It's not something like get out the phone, put the cable on, get out the iPad, put the cable on. But let's look at the Apple TV new update. And the update always has a version number behind what the other iOS updates are. So, for example, we have 4.3, but the Apple update for Apple TV is 4.2. Adds surround sound capability for Netflix, but also sporting events. You can now join NBA and National League Baseball, pay a monthly or annual fee, and suddenly Apple is encroaching on cable TV territory. Well, they're not the only ones doing that. I mean, this is a a super confusing time for your television content consuming life. It's coming from all different places. Every device you have offers a variety of streaming options, right? They're all internet ready. The TV you buy is internet ready. The Blu-ray player you buy is internet ready. The set-top boxes are ready. And it's very easy to add additional features. You know, and and at the same time, you're, 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 TV service provider is doing the same thing. Consumers are getting duplicative uh, services and kind of at this point, they're not choosing one over the other. They're kind of switching around a little bit. So, you know, this is a nice additional feature on Apple TV, but it's pretty much the same as you get everywhere else. If you get the MLB package, you're going to pay that $100 anywhere you get it. Uh, It's a matter of convenience. So if you have Apple TV, you already have this device attached to your TV and you haven't upgraded for this, upgraded on this anywhere else, or possibly you've you signed up for the service, but you can't access it through Apple TV. This could be a great benefit now. Um, it makes it more attractive if you're thinking about buying it, but they're not encroaching on uh, the cable companies any more than anyone else, which means they're all going after them. Okay, obviously. But now we wonder how far does Apple need to go to fully encroach? They have a subscription service, for example. If they had that for being able to get a certain amount of content from the TV networks, assuming Apple can sign more of them up. You know, there's a point there where people will look at that and say, you know what, I could just have cheap basic cable or an old-fashioned antenna, get local news, and all my other content I can get on Apple TV or Roku or one of these other appliances. Who needs cable? Who needs the mess with satellite? Everybody is saying, people have been saying this for the last couple of years, that is becoming a reality. Cable companies are terrified. I don't know what's going to stop it. The one thing that cable companies have that sort of 
<laughs> changes the equation is that they're also providing your internet access. So they're in there almost no matter what. And most people buy package deals and they've got them locked in. So that protects them to a certain extent. But how long that lasts and how long people say, look, I don't want the three, you know, the 3x deal or the the 3-in-1 you know, deal. I just want to get internet access. Well, the problem is that they will start to charge vastly more for internet access to make up the shortfall. Well, usually right now it's $10 difference for our cable provider, Cox. They give you a $10 discount on your internet if you buy one of their two other bundles, which is, of course, cable TV and telephone. Now, I dropped my last phone line. I had a fax line with a local cable provider because they have a landline phone. And what I did is I got an internet fax service, ported my phone number to it, so I cut them out, and I'm saving, what, $15, $20 a month. Yeah, it's it's not uncommon, but, I, but believe me when I say this, that these companies, when they see more and more people switching away from their TV service to just use the, the internet, they will say, okay, we have to recalibrate. We're going to have to find a way to make up this money. So, you know, we'll charge more. But also, there's a question of, well, wait a minute. Networks are delivering their content over our internet. Should we try and charge them in some way for that? But they won't be able to. It's, it's, it's going to get very confusing and very contentious. Hopefully, the consumer continues to win. I worry, of course, about these situations where the movie or TV production companies make a deal with a cable provider, but if they have a problem with the contract, suddenly, like you did with Fox and a number of viewers with Fox, for example, where they lost the service for a couple of weeks. So you're paying to have this service, and suddenly the service provider and the entertainment company have a dispute over contracts, and suddenly... You don't get it for a week or two. Right. Well, the, you know, the cable company says, uh, you know, the, the, or the networks say, look, we don't want to pay you as much anymore. You know, we don't want, I'm sorry, there's it, it, a question of, you know, who gets paid how much and, you know, declining viewership, you know, networks like, you know, the, the, we have to change the deal here. And it, it's really all about, what it's all about is, is sort of this, this, the sucking sound from the internet, pulling people away from, from traditional networks. And then there's, a, you know, the, the cable company says, I don't have to pay you as much because you've got fewer viewers. And like, well, no, we, we still have viewers, but they're coming in on this other side. Well, we can't even mo monitor the internet side, how many viewers you have there. You know, it's sort of post-viewing. Everybody's viewing content on their own schedule now, which really changes the game. So now, so of course, the TV networks want to make up for the difference. So they ask the cable companies and the satellite companies for more. Listen, we're just about out of time. Tell our listeners where they can find more of your content. Uh, well, of course, at PCMag.com, we are just chock-a-block with information. Uh, we also have a network of sites. Uh, we also have uh, Geek.com, where you can find uh, entertaining posts. And uh, we're also, I'm, I'm on Twitter. You can always find me there at uh, Lance Yolanoff, no spaces. So, uh, you know, we're, we're here, there, and everywhere. But, you know, probably best to start your day with PCMag.com. Thank you so much, Lance Yulinoff, for joining us this week on the Tech Night Owl Live. It was my pleasure. Ray Perkins, a reclusive veteran burned out from the Gulf War, lives tortured by relentless, perplexing nightmares. Nightmares of a horrific battle in deep space 
and of a mysterious woman suffering in agony for her devastated world, a woman not yet born, calling across centuries to him. Then, a coincidence leads him to his destiny, his chance to alter the universe. Attack! Attack! of the Rockwoods. The former fiction editor for Star Wars and Indiana Jones, Robert Simpson, writes, The soul of the novel Attack of the Rockoids lies in its heart and passion for building a convincing tale of a love that spans a galaxy. A thrilling story. Attack of the Rockoids is available now. Read a sample chapter and get a special discount off of the cover price at our website, rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Attack of the Rockaway, a novel in the grand science fiction tradition. Extend your life with Hi, my name's Russ, and after my heart attack, I wasn't sure what was going to happen. I needed to keep on working, but now it's becoming a problem. I heard about these garlic cayenne drops and hoped it would help me. Well... I've been taking them for about four months, and the way I'm feeling now, I can see how I just might make it to retirement, thanks to Extendivite. My name's Don Wiskin, and I want you to know Extendivite works. If you're looking for more energy, or just want to be as healthy as you can, now is the time to join the growing list of real people benefiting from Extendivite. To order, call 1-877-928-8822. That's 1-877-928-8822. Or visit our website at heartdrop.com. Extend your life with Extendovite. Going solar for cheap is as easy as one, two, three. If you want to go solar but thought the setup costs were too high, now you can build your own solar panels for less than $200. Don't laugh. We've sold over 45,000 solar do-it-yourself kits. Watch our introduction video at 123cheapsolarvideo.com. The video is free, but it won't last long. Save money on electric bills and get off the grid. Go to 123cheapsolarvideo.com right now. Our website again is 123cheapsolarvideo.com. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. Men, take control of your prostate health without the risk of nasty side effects with Prostate Secure. Early detection, regular prostate exams, and PSA tests are a must for men over 40. Listen, if you have symptoms of an enlarged prostate but don't want to take a drug with possible nasty side effects, or if you're over 40, then use Prostate Secure, a natural dietary supplement for men. Prostate Secure is a scientifically formulated blend of clinically significant amounts of natural ingredients. It brings together the most powerful plant sterols like beta cytosterol and saw palmetto, along with antioxidants such as vitamin D3, resveratrol, and lycopene to support good prostate health, proper urinary flow, function, and more. Check out ProstateSecure.com. Order online and save 10% with promo code SAVE10 or call 1-800-239-9432. That's 800-239-9432. Or visit ProstateSecure.com. Take control of your prostate health naturally with Prostate Secure. The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. G-C-N. Great talk radio starts here. 
You're listening to the Tech Night Out Live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what to expect. We have Avram Pilch of Laptop Magazine who tests anything and everything when it comes to mobile gear. Not just computers, of course, mobile phones, smartphones, tablets, etc., etc. So far on this show, we've been talking a lot about the iPad, too. But before we get to that, Avram, what about the Motorola Zoom? Have you had a chance to look it over? And Yeah, we have one here in the office. We really, uh, I mean, it's such great potential, but such kind of wasted potential as well, because it still has a lot of issues. I mean, we experience a lot of little application crashes with it that you would expect to have been ironed out before they shipped it. Still doesn't have working flash, which is supposed to be a benefit. Has only has very few apps and still doesn't have LTE working. So, you know, it's been a little bit flaky. We also find that it's kind of heavy uh, to carry around. It feels bulky in comparison to the iPad, even though it weighs almost it weighs only a little bit more. I think only about like 0.1 pounds more than the original iPad. Don't those uh, points mean a lot, though, Avram? Like every little increment of weight at that category can mean an awful lot of difference to the end user. Yeah, it does. I mean, it, it, it seems bulky in comparison to the iPad, and it seems a lot bigger, even though the iPad is, I think, 9.7 inches, and this is 10 inches. It just, next, when you put them next to each other, and this is with the original iPad, we haven't even talked about the iPad 2, which is a lot thinner and lighter uh, than the Zoom. So, yeah, it's, you know, it's a promising technology, but we're, but at the same time, it's a technology where, uh, for the price that Motorola is charging, uh, I, I fear that not a lot of people are going to buy this. Particularly, the whole business with the delayed LTE is is bizarre and would make me very uncomfortable. Which is that, you know, if you buy it uh, with LTE, which right now there's no Wi-Fi version yet, um, if you buy the buy it from Verizon, it doesn't come with LTE. And then they said, well, later on you'll be able to mail your Zoom in and we'll re- replace the wireless card with an LTE card. So basically here, it doesn't have the hardware for LTE. You have to have them grab the product, pull out the card, put another card in. It's a complete hardware transplant. Yeah, and I, I would be a little, if I was using something a lot, I wouldn't. I don't know how comfortable I would be with buying something on the intention that I'm going to send it in for repair. And then Motorola has been a little bit coy about that as well, saying, well, at first I think they said something about how if you had hacked or rooted your device, they wouldn't upgrade it for you to LTE. And now they said that they will try to or something like that. So there's no guarantee then that even if you send it in, they can do this upgrade. Uh, I mean, I think it's pretty well guaranteed if if you don't hack the notebook, if you don't hack the device. Now, this is free, though. Uh, the upgrade, yeah. I mean, supposedly it's you, you're paying for it by buying the device now because it's basically like they couldn't get the LTE in, into it in time. So it's like, well, we promise that uh, at some point after you buy it, we'll do the update. But well, I the question tell- I also have: Will they do like Apple does when they fix some of this hardware? Instead of actually just opening it up and replacing it, they'll give you a replacement unit preloaded because it seems to me it would be an awful expensive thing to take your tablet, tear it apart, pay somebody to tear it apart, and replace a part that's got to cost a hundred or two. It doesn't make sense. Yeah, it sounds it sounds very unwieldy and expensive, and it just you know they haven't said when this is going to happen, and it just sounds a little bit. And they haven't been too specific about that. I mean, maybe they will give you a replacement, but it, it doesn't sound. It sounds like it's kind of fraught with problems because if they are 
So let's say they have to, they go by, they do what you said, which is definitely, obviously, much more friendly to the consumer. How are they going to absorb that cost? Because then they have to take all these old ones and either upgrade and resell them or, or something. You know what I mean? Like, they, they're still going to have to upgrade them. I don't think they're going to have a whole bunch of 3G Zooms uh, being sold, uh, you know, on eBay. or What they'll probably do is give you a replacement and take the ones they get in and ship a bunch of them off to the factory in Asia and have them do it en masse because it makes no sense. In fact, none of this makes sense. It seems to me as if Motorola pushed this thing out prematurely in order to get a leg up on the iPad, but now it's too late. Yeah, I think they did. I think they did push it out a little bit prematurely. I mean, not rolling out with the key fe- with key features like Flash, and then with Honeycomb having some. You know, we definitely experienced a bunch of crashes with it. it you know, I mean, not whole system crashes, but apps like the browser and things like that would would crash just at weirdly and unexpected times. Definitely, you know, feels feels a bit half baked. Uh, and yet, you know, we're very excited for for Honeycomb and for the technology, and and presumably. You know, other devices that come later, or you know, Motorola after they've done various things to this. Like maybe if you buy a Zoom in two months from now, uh, it'll be better. Sure, uh, but then here's the other issue: we have their operating system 3.0 Honeycomb, which is a branch of Android. It's a branch for tablets. It's not the same thing as you get on the regular Android smartphone. So they develop basically two branches of the same operating system. And now, by the time this thing is fixed, we'll have iOS 5, possibly in June or July. So suddenly, Apple gets another leg up. And yeah, Apple has early shipping bugs too, but not something that causes constant crashing. Yeah, they, I mean, they, I mean, I think, again, we don't know whether that's, that's Android or whether it's the Zoom or, or, or what, but we did definitely see some, see some crashes with it. I mean, it, it. Yeah, I mean, I think that the tablet makers or Android tablet makers are shooting themselves in the foot. But I think the biggest way in which they're shooting themselves in the foot is not by releasing something a little early, uh, because you know what? I think that history kind of rewards companies that kind of jump or, jump early as long as they kind of fix their problems. Doesn't necessarily reward the consumer, but I think. I don't think that there's necess- it's necessarily going to hurt them long term if they have some problems the first month and they update it. I, I would certainly advise people not to buy a Zoom yet, uh, but at at the same t- at the same point, um, I think that uh, the big the bigger issue is the cost of these Android tablets. The cost is not in, on parity with with Apple, and I have a column going up, uh, you know, on our on our site about these. These Android manufacturers and, and frankly, other competitors like RIM, who haven't released pricing yet, but everyone suspects are going to come out higher than the iPad, they gotta they have to reexamine what they're doing because if someone goes goes into the store or does some shopping and sees that you can get an iPad 2 for 4.99, an iPad 1 for 3.99, and your Motorola Zoom is you know 7.90 is 7.99 or 5.99 with a commitment to to be on contract for two years, uh, that's not very appealing price-wise. And you can talk to your blue in the face about how the Zoom has a higher res screen or the Tegra 2 processor is great or something like that. But people are going to look at it and they're going to see the market leader, Apple, charging less than, than, the, comp- than the competitors who are trying to, to grab market share from Apple. And they're going to say, why should I spend more? You Haven't know, they turned though, the industry on its head? The conventional wisdom is Apple charges high prices for their gear. 
except yeah. obviously for the iPad, because suddenly everyone expected when it came out seven ninety nine, nine ninety nine. Apple is being super aggressive. They're spending billions to basically shore up those spare parts, the components. So all that's left are a few breadcrumbs for everybody else. You know, it's it's interesting. There's a lot of theories about why Apple is able to charge less um, than than its competitors. Uh, you know, is it Apple's doing a better job with supply chain? They're better at manufacturing. Are they paying less for their components? Are they able to negotiate more profitable uh, arrangements with the retailers who carry their products, where the retailers are taking are paying taking less of a margin? I have another theory, uh, but who, whatever the theories are, it doesn't really matter to the consumer. But my theory is that Apple might be willing to take a lower margin because they know how much money they make off of you buying apps from the App Store and you're using iTunes, and they know that you need the device. For Apple them to doesn't. Make all this money off but yeah, you. but that's not Apple's way. Apple doesn't sell hardware cheaply in the expectation of making it up elsewhere. And I think if you look at all the estimates and the teardowns. They're making a pretty decent profit because Apple will tell you, and of course the equation's changing, that a lot of what they're getting for the App Store and iTunes is to run the place. You know, it's the operating thing and that the actual profits after you pay for operating costs aren't that high. They're doing it to give you a value proposition. So you buy an iPad not necessarily because it's four ninety nine, but because of all those cool apps you can buy for it. Well, I mean, that's cer- that certainly helps them, but the fact that they take 30% of every app sold, and now they're about to do it with in-app purchases as well, I think Apple's making out pretty nicely on, on their position in the App Store. I wouldn't... Sure, but Apple's that, never going to take a loss on anything. You know, that's true. They are making a profit on that iPad whether or not you buy any apps for it. Or I'm, you can I'm, just get all free apps if you want. You go there and you... Of the 65,000 apps for the App Store, specifically designed for the iPad, you know, a lot of stuff there is 99 cents. It's free. So you never have to spend a lot of money, and Apple will still make a profit. We'll go into more of this in a moment. Avram Pilch of Laptop Magazine at LaptopMag.com. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Owl Live. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. If you own an Apple iPhone and love to listen to your favorite programs on GCN, I've got good news for you. I'm proud to announce that GCN has a brand new iPhone app available for our dedicated listeners at GCNlive.com. Listen to your favorite hard-hitting GCN programs live or on demand right on your iPhone. And the best part? The GCN iPhone app can be yours absolutely free. Download the iPhone app today by clicking on the banner at GCNlive.com. Again, that's GCNlive.com. We the people grow cotton, weave fabric, engrave ink, embed strips and fibers to protect from counterfeit, then carting to a private bank, having it lent back at interest, forcing taxes to service debt. This capitalism, or was Jefferson correct when stating a central bank issuing the public currency is a greater menace to the liberties of the people than a standing army? Ted Anderson, on placing a free silver dollar in a book that explains our monetary system, call for your copy, 800-686-2237. It's time to understand the system. Call 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237. Welcome back to the Tech Night All Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Returning with Avram Pilch of Laptop Magazine, we're talking about the fact 
that the so-called iPad killers or wannabes or whatever you want to call them, the companies who build those things are not thinking very clearly, I don't think. And, you know, Motorola seems to be a substantial company. They've made a lot of good stuff over the years. But now they look at the market leader and you can't beat the market leader with a much more expensive product unless you have to some value equation. And the value equation for the average consumer is not because the processor may be a tad faster or maybe it's got NVIDIA graphics, which means nothing to the average person. All this geek stuff aside, what's it do for me? Yeah, I, I think they I think they have a problem there. And, I mean, one of the rumors I heard, which I hope is true, is that Sam's Club at some point will sell... Uh, the Zoom for 529 with Wi-Fi, but that's just a, a rumor that's floating around, and that would put it closer to parity with the Wi-Fi iPad. I think the biggest mistake that the Android tablet makers are, are making right now is trying to get to tie people to a two-year contract uh, with the phone carriers. Apple's not making that mistake. Uh, that They should learn from Apple because you would have to be crazy as a as a consumer, you would have to just be so wealthy that you didn't care how much money you spent to go out and buy a a tablet on contract right now, especially knowing how the market is evolving. Because for most people, a tablet is a secondary device still and will remain so for a very long time. It's not going to replace your smartphone and it's not going to replace your notebook. It's another device that, that you have and you enjoy. But I think most people are enjoying it at home. We, ha- we don't have a lot of studies that, that show where people are using it, but we've seen studies that show that most people don't even take their laptops out of the house. So my, my in- inclination is to believe that most people are probably just sitting on the couch with these things. Maybe they take them to work. Maybe they take them to school. Uh, but why on earth would you want to pay between 20 and $50 a month for data on, on this thing for the next two years? I mean... That's just that's just crazy. That's just absolutely crazy. Uh, and then you know, let's say you were the person who bought the Samsung Galaxy Tab, uh, which is a 3G only product running Android 2.2, and you bought it on a two-year contract last month. That means that for in 2013, you're still going to be using 3G and Android 2.2, while the rest of the world is using LTE and, and has much better tablets. And the I other mean, question I have, too, is will you be able to take your Samsung Galaxy Tab and upgrade it to Honeycomb? Can you do that? Probably not. Probably not. Oh. I, I mean, they haven't said, uh, but probably not. I mean, this is really bad I, because you're talking about an operating system that's not designed for tablets. And so Samsung uses that operating system. Now, I think they're stupid. I think that there are probably a lot of unsold Samsung Galaxy tabs out there. You know, they said they shipped, what, 2 million in the last quarter of the year. Right, and they had issues with how many were bought, actually. Right, they first were quoted as saying quite small, and they said, oh, no, it's quite smooth. So does that mean they sell 10 a day? That's smooth? What? It, it's hard to say. I mean, I think that the Galaxy Tab is a very compelling product for a certain price and a certain level of commitment. For example, my wife uh, has a Barnes & Noble Nook Color, which is almost, frankly, it has a lot of the functionality of the Galaxy Tab, 
and it cost her $250 from Barnes & Noble with no commitment. She can surf the web on the 7-inch screen, which is great, and, you know, it doesn't have a front-facing and back-facing camera uh, like the Galaxy Tab does, and the processor's not as good, but it's a 7-inch Android tablet. Now, I think that the sweet spot for something like that is $300 or less. You buy it on, you know, you buy it with Wi-Fi only, and you say, okay, you know, I'm going to enjoy this while, while it lasts. I'm going to get good use out of it. I'm going to use it around the house. I can take it with me and, and use the Internet that's on my phone to, to access it as a hotspot. I mean, to make the level of commitment that some of the device manufacturers and carriers are expecting from users is out of touch with reality. I mean, how well would the would Apple be selling the iPad 2 if everyone who was on the iPad, who bought the iPad one six months ago uh, or a year ago, was committed to continue using that device for another year or year or year and a half with AT and T? I mean, well, Apple designed it so that the data would always be optional. It's not like a smartphone. Yep, and that's how it should be. That's how it should be, and I think that this concept of we're trying to we're trying to not only sell the person a Zoom, we're trying to get them get them onto contract for two years to pay to pay for data separately on this device than they're paying on their phone, than they're paying for their laptops, and they're paying for their home to sort of nickel and dime people to death just so that they can buy uh, what is a hot tablet today, but what may very well be an outdated tablet six months from now. I think that is a huge mistake, and I don't think And the think question is here, just like it. you say, you have an operating system on the Samsung that's a dead end, no guarantee you'll ever be able to upgrade. You know, you force the and issue, what, and you're telling people, we don't care about you. You're not making it separate. And that's a question I have also about the Zoom. Okay, so it uses Honeycomb 3.0, Android operating system. Now, there's a 3.1, say, comes out in three months. Fixes all the problems. Will Motorola let you upgrade? You see, this is the this is the issue, right? These this has been going on since you know the beginning of Android time, which is that Google is doing a fantastic job of coming up with updates and fixes. I mean, Microsoft could learn a thing or two for them because if Microsoft had the update schedule of Google, they'd be we'd be on Windows 15 right now, and it would work it would work perfectly or something. Although no no, no swipe at Microsoft, they, Windows 7 is great, but. The problem is, if you have a PC and Microsoft comes out with a new version of Windows or Mac or Apple comes out with a new version of Mac OS or there's a new Ubuntu out there, it's your prerogative to upgrade. You can do it. No one can stop you. But if you have a phone, you're at the mercy of not just one but two different parties who have no interest in helping you. One is the, one is the, is the phone manufacturer, who's or, again, who already has your money. And then the other is the basically carrier. sells it to Verizon or AT&T or Sprint or T-Mobile or whoever, wherever you are in the world. And they're out of the picture because then the carrier is the one who has the relationship with you. I mean, if you have a problem with your Motorola phone that you got from Verizon, you go to Verizon, you're not Motorola's customer. They don't care about you. Whereas, say, for example, you buy an iPhone and you have a problem. Well, when you call AT&T, they say dial 1 to call Apple for a problem with your iPhone, dial 2 if you have a problem with your AT&T service or network. Yep, and, and that's how it should be. So what's happening is um, uh, what's, what's happening is that you, you, have a pro, you, know, you have a disconnection there and you get no support. And unfortunately, they're also trying to stop you from doing it on your own. Um, so I believe that for Android you know, to really advance the next level, 
Google should really be stepping in and, and making it so the manufacturers allow people to download updates and that, that it's a little bit more transparent like it is with your PC. Yeah, but, but the there's also right more now, than that, which I think we should talk about in a moment. Yeah. Abram, just so the other question here is, of course, that you're Apple's customer when you deal with Apple upgrades, but wouldn't Google also do better? Because here's another problem, which is that when Verizon sells a device with the Android OS, they go in there and they put their own custom stuff on it, or they make an arrangement with someone like Microsoft to have Bing on a Google Android device. You know, if we want to talk about the deepest cut of all, that's a really deep cut because it means that they obviously are controlling the experience even with somebody else's operating system. And of course, this question will have to wait till our next segment. And by the way, if you have a question or a comment about the Tech Night Owl Live, write us news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. We have Avram Pilch. The place is called Laptop Magazine at laptopmag.com. I think you'll like the place. Even those of you who are Apple fans, well, they try to be fair and balanced about all platforms. And by the way, another place to go are forums, forum.technightowl.com. That is forum.technightowl.com. Signing up is free, and then you're ready to get in on the action. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Owl Live. Have you been sitting on a few great domain name ideas but haven't locked them in for yourself? Good. Now you can buy them through the number one domain name registrar, Namecheap.com, as voted by the top tech blog Lifehacker. Just like the name says, you can buy domains cheap, as low as $2.99. And every new domain comes with WhoisGuard, our special privacy service, free for the first year. Now that you know, it's time to grab those domain names before someone else does. Namecheap.com. Go now. Namecheap.com. Ever been at a concert and wished your friends could experience the atmosphere with you? Ever been on a mountaintop and wished your family could experience the same view? Ever thought they've got to see this, but simply taking a picture wasn't enough? You gotta see this! Create a special collage of images using the iPhone 4 gyroscope. Share your experiences in a unique way with You Gotta See This. For the iPhone 4 and the iPod Touch 4th generation, coming this week at the App Store. On the average, Americans work between 45 to 50 years hoping to build up enough wealth to retire and live out their golden years. Unfortunately, with taxation, the rising cost of food, energy, housing, and medical, many retirees are forced to live below the poverty line. Is this a flaw free enterprise, or is our monetary unit we call the Federal Reserve Note forcing us into perpetual debt, ensuring inflation and higher taxes? These questions and more can be answered by reading G. Edward Griffin's book, The Creature from Jekyll Island. Congressman Ron Paul states it's what every American needs to know about central bank power. A gripping adventure into the secret world of international banking cartel. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. I will give a silver dollar from the early 1900s to anyone who purchases this book. Call 1-800-686-2237 and order a copy today. It's critical that the public be made aware of the system. Call and order your copy today at 1-800-686-2237. That's 1-800-686-2237. Never buy home canning jar lids again. 
No kidding. When you buy Tadler reusable canning lids once, you'll never buy canning lids ever again. Safely store emergency preparedness foods for years. Traditional metal lids are single-use throwaways containing BPA. But Tadler reusable canning lids are guaranteed to last a lifetime when used as designed for home canning. Tadler lids are made with a USDA and FDA-approved food-grade plastic, safe for direct food contact, and contain no BPA. Tadler lids are dishwasher safe, usable with standard pressure or water bath canning, eliminate food spoilage from acid corrosion, fit standard mason jars are indefinitely reusable and are proudly made in the usa place orders at reusablecanninglids.com or call 1-877-747-2793 877-747-2793 call 877-747-2793 or go to reusablecanninglids.com that's reusablecanninglids.com for tadler reusable canning lids the original since 1976 if you suffer from poor sleep, you need My Pillow. Guaranteed to be the most comfortable pillow you will ever own. Using a patented fill, My Pillow adjusts to your exact individual needs by gently supporting your head, shoulders, and neck. My Pillow has a natural built-in cooling effect, keeping your cervical nerves cool, giving you the best sleep of your life. My Pillow will never go flat and relieve snoring, migraines, sleep apnea, fibromyalgia, and many other disorders. It's antimicrobial, non-allergenic, dust mite resistant, and best of all, machine washable and dryable. MyPillow is made in the USA, has an A rating with the Better Business Bureau, comes with a 60-day money-back guarantee, and an industry-leading 10-year warranty. Order today at MyPillow.com or call 952-442-6199. That's 952-442-6199. Mention coupon code GCN and receive 20% off your order. What do you have to lose except poor sleep? MyPillow.com, the most comfortable pillow you will ever own, guaranteed. America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. We want to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. And don't forget, you can visit the famous Tech Night Owl community forums at forum.technightowl.com Get in on all the action. That's forum.technightowl.com We have Avram Pilch of laptopmag.com. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Owl Live. And the question I pose of Avram, before we broke, I suggested to him, I said, hey, okay, here's the problem that's even more significant, which is, okay, so you have the Android OS that now has been updated, customized by the carrier. And so every carrier, every manufacturer has a different Android. So it's not that you can go to one place like you do with Windows. You have Windows. And it doesn't matter about the PC maker. Even if they stuck some garbage on the desktop, you go back to Microsoft to get your upgrade. With Apple, you go back to Apple to get your upgrade. With the Android OS, Google is out of the picture. They're not really pushing the updates to you, you've got to go back to get 20 different, 50 different versions of that upgrade. There's not one upgrade for everybody. I, th- I think it's a problem. I think it is a, I think it is a, well, it's a problem de- depending on who the user is and what the user cares about. And it's a problem for developers. People talk a lot about fragment, what you're talking about is fragmentation, about the fact that there's so many different versions of Android floating around and and you can't count on 
any particular phone to have the latest version or to have above a certain version. And certainly developers know now that they have to develop for a, for a lowest common denominator. They have to say, huh, you know, if this feature is in Android 2.3 and we know that most people don't have Android 2.3 and may never get it, we might want to just develop for Android 2.1 now or we might, you know, we have to decide what the lowest common denominator is. But that's a de- decision that, develop- that developers make all the time. I and mean, how many times have you picked up a game and seen that, you know, it still worked on, on Windows XP? But I think the thing that, that is an issue here is that those who want to get the latest Google features, users who are kind of in the know and they see that, wow, there's, there's this neat new GPS or voice recognition or, you know, now the phone supports Flash um, and they want to have it, they're at the mercy of two parties that don't, that don't really care about helping them, the carrier and the vendor. What is the incentive for Samsung to devote its development time and resources to make sure that people who bought a Galaxy Tab six months ago get honeycomb today or who bought, who already paid them for, you know, for a phone back in September uh, get the latest version of Android today. There's no incentive for them, and there's no incentive for, let's say, their carrier Verizon or, or AT&T or, or Sprint or T-Mobile to do anything because you're really looking at, at sort of benefits to them are very far afield. What's going to happen if they don't upgrade you? You're going to say, oh, I'm so angry at T-Mobile. I'm going to I'm gonna go to Sprint next time my contract is up. By the time your contract is up, you'll say, I'm going to look for whatever phone or contract is giving me the best deal. And frankly, since all of the carriers treat their users this way, there really isn't, you know, a good alternative. So it's not going to affect anyone's phone or carrier buying decision. Therefore, they don't care. Android's doing very well now. But on the long haul, are customers going to say, you know what, this is not working for me because, you know, I'm getting apps that really aren't up to date because they have to support 12 versions behind. I'm not getting consistent user interface. I buy two different Android phones, and they might be from the same carrier, but they might be different. They're not going to be consistent. I know if I buy an iPhone, it's an iPhone. I know if I buy a Verizon iPhone, it is 99, 4400% the same as the AT&T iPhone, as far as the software is concerned. And you think in the end, Apple has to get a bigger advantage over that difference. I think it is an advantage to Apple, and obviously the pricing is an advantage, you know, on the tablet space is an advantage to Apple. I think where Android is obviously really shining is a lot of people like the heart, like the, the range of hardware choices. Frankly, you know, just apples to apples, I think if you did a comparison through the app stores, you would see that while there are more apps for, for iPad right now or for iOS, you see a lot of really good free apps you know, whenever we, we go and look for an app and we try to sort of see, hey, what are the best free apps, you're always seeing that, wow, there's a, it seems like there's a higher percentage of free, good free stuff in the Android marketplace. So I think there, there are a lot of reasons why people like Android, and I think it's going to continue to be a very popular operating system. But I think what everyone's disappointed in is, you know, who's going to step up and be an advocate for the user in the Android space? It's, it's, I feel like the only one who really is, is powerful enough to do it is Google. Whether Google cares. They care about the eyeballs and the ads. They have to care about the customer more. For Otherwise, it might have long-term problems. Yeah, maybe Android can be remain number one, but, you know, is it going to be number one with a bullet? What's going to happen on the long haul? And that's a big question. Now we look at, speaking of tablets, 
we have this, what, the playbook from Research in Motion, but the marketing guy leaves. That doesn't augur well for the product. It's it's the the whole marketing strategy of the playbook has been bizarre from the start, but the hardware looks really interesting and appealing. Um, so they, I had a really funny, um, I went to a really weird and somewhat humorous press event uh, that Rim held the other day uh, here in New York. We got invited to an event at this kind of fancy uh, sort of club, nightclub or place that they had rented out and they said you know big event come and so you know i was expecting that they were going to announce something new or we were we're gonna maybe they were going to give us one to review and i show up you know i show up there all excited and we get there and they said no there's no announcements we're just kind of serving cocktails here and there's some playbooks around and some people to talk to you about them but they were just showing things that they'd kind of shown before and then when we left they gave us this goodie bag, which was a really bizarre goodie bag. I mean, it had nothing to, it seemed to have nothing to do with BlackBerry or the playbook. There was a 35 millimeter camera in the goodie bag and a little blank bobblehead that you could paint on and a t-shirt that was like three sizes too small. It, it was, it was really, it was just, the whole thing just seemed really slapped together in terms of sort of their marketing strategy for like what was the message that they were trying to get across to journalists and, and, and through us to the public it, it just seemed a little bit a little bit strange to me so it, it, hearing that their marketing person resigned does sort of seem like it's been a little bit slapdash in that regard but the product you know looks really solid with one exception which is that you can't get email on it unless you have a BlackBerry, and I think that's a real problem. In other words, you buy this tablet computer, but you need a separate product to get email. That's stupid. Uh, yeah, that's not you. It's not the best. I mean, supposedly you can get email on it using the web browser, but there is no email client on it except for one that syncs wirelessly to your BlackBerry phone. So okay, a, so I have- wonder <laughs> here, in fact, I don't wonder why that marketing chief is gone because someone might have awakened in the corporate suite over at RIM and said, you know what, something's wrong here. We've got this product that may have great hardware, but we have no clue what to do with it, how to market it, how to set it up. They don't... Yeah. sound like they really know what they're doing. We have Avram Pilch of LaptopMag.com. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter, and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that, too, in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs. Convert from so many 
formats, I can't even list them. Download now to see if Graphic Converter is good for you, like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You could save money when you buy Graphic Converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for Graphic Converter. Go to LemkeSoft.com. That's L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. LemkeSoft.com. L-E-M-K-E soft.com. It's the winter cold and flu supplement sale at HerbalHealer.com. Take advantage of Herbal Healer Academy's incredible savings on the best cold and flu supplements available. Many of you know elderberry is exceptional against viral infections. Right now, Herbal Healer Academy has elderberry power. Regularly priced at $16.95, now incredibly low at only $10 for 60 vegetarian caps. For children and seniors, our Herbal Healer Academy Flu Away Elderberry Liquid is only $13 for a 4-ounce bottle. Also on super sale, olive leaf capsules, oregano oil plus capsules, and our incredible respirate formula, oregacillin physician strength capsules for your lungs. Normally $34.95, now just $25. Hit the winter specials link at herbalheater.com for these cold and flu supplement specials and other on-sale products like apple cider vinegar, brain power, and neuro recovery. New customers get a free catalog with your first order. Log on and hit the winter specials now at herbalhealer.com. The collapse of the dollar is imminent. You can protect your wealth by buying gold, silver, and strong foreign currencies. But what if the government confiscates your precious metals, implements exchange controls, or nationalizes your retirement? You need a backup plan. That's why you must move your wealth into an offshore asset protection structure. Go to CollapseProof.com to get your free special report and discover how to store your gold and silver in the world's safest vaults or how to hold foreign currencies in a way that's safe from bank failures, bank runs, or exchange controls. Learn how the U.S. government failed to collect a $36 million claim because the defendant legally used an offshore asset protection program. This is what you need to keep your wealth safe when the dollar collapses and CollapseProof.com can help. Our programs are 100% compliant with U.S. law, but you must act now before it's too late. Call 800-798-2008. That's 800-798-2008. CollapseProof.com. Asset protection in financially unsafe times. For centuries, silver has been used as a powerful natural antibiotic. And as a listener to this station, you probably already know the benefits of using colloidal silver. With so many websites to choose from, finding a reputable patriotic company with great products at affordable prices can be a difficult task. Introducing UtopiaSilver.com. UtopiaSilver.com carries the best, most effective, and most affordable colloidal silver and colloidal gold products in the industry. UtopiaSilver.com also carries products to fit your lifestyle, including weight loss, immune system defense, cleanses, herbs, joint and bone care, and much more. First-time customers using promo code GCN50 will receive 50% off all colloidal products. Visit us today at Utopia Silver, that's U-T-O-P-I-A Silver, utopiasilver.com, or call 888-213-4338. That's 888-213-4338. Utopiasilver.com, taking back America's health care one American at a time. Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. You're listening to the Tech Night All Live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what to expect. We have Avram Pilch of LaptopMag.com. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night All Live. And we were talking about the marketing approach 
and the way the rim tablet, the playbook, is set up. And you wonder here, you know, maybe there is no wonder that the marketing guy left because they realize a lot of screw-ups were made and they've got to fix a few things, I hope. Yeah. I wonder how much of it is, though, to be fair to them, is the marketing and how much of it is sort of the product development. I mean, I think I think you've got a couple of issues there. I mean, one, they can't seem to really decide what kind of who the target audience is for this device. It's called the playbook, so that makes it sound like, oh, it's for work and play. They certainly, when they were demoing it, they certainly showed its ability to, to play games and to do and to do video. And I guess there's nothing wrong with saying it's a, a perfect work and play device, but at the same time, you know, while they're sort of trying to, I think, extend an olive branch to people and say, look, this is an exciting device that's going to kind of attract a different consumers, to take full advantage of the device, you need a BlackBerry. You can't even use it with any other kind of phone. You can't get your email unless you have a BlackBerry. So I feel like that is a big mistake. I mean, that's like saying, well, either either you're with us or you're against us. If you've got an iPhone or if you've got an Android phone, you know, tough tough nogies for you, no no email for you. You don't expand your user base by requiring you to buy another product. I still can't get around that, you know? It could have the greatest hardware on the planet. But now the other story I was hearing is that in addition to their own homegrown operating system or whatever operating system they've licensed, and it's not the same as the BlackBerry, you'll be able to run Android apps on it. So how do you build an ecosystem of your own if you are basically supporting somebody else's ecosystem? You know, they haven't said that officially. And when I was at their event, they wouldn't really talk about that. Um, What they did talk about is all the other ways in which you could create apps for it, not all of which have been made 100% uh, transparent to everyone, I think. So, for example, they also support using using web technologies like HTML and JavaScript to build offline apps. And I'm actually kind of curious about that because that would actually make it very easy to create to create apps. Of course, uh, HP is doing the same thing with its touchpad, where they're trying to support offline apps that are so easy to make you can make them like you you build a web page. I think that has a lot of promise. But then they also said that they're going to support uh, native Unix apps that are written in, uh, you know, for uh, I think it's a QNX operating system that BlackBerry Tablet OS is based on, and then there's a, a rumor that they're going to support Android apps, and then they've definitely very much touting the fact that they support Adobe Air apps with little or no modification. So I think what their strategy here is, and I don't think it's a bad strategy, is we want to be able to take all kinds of apps because we don't have such high expectations that people are going to develop specifically for us. So we're going to make it as easy as possible to port apps over. Okay, and that's, of course, a real reason why developers may not even care. And I think this restriction of having to use your own smartphone, a BlackBerry, to get the thing to handle your email, I think that's a non-starter for a lot of people. Forget about any issues with the Zoom or any of the other Android tablets, okay? All things being equal, you know, they get the bugs out of it and everything works properly. At least you buy the product and it exists by itself. You don't have to buy an Android smartphone. You can buy a BlackBerry, you can buy a Windows Phone 7, you can buy an iPhone, but still buy a Motorola Zoom. There's not going to be a problem there. You could buy no phone. I mean, you could have a dumb phone or no phone. 
I know people who don't want to buy a phone and people out there who don't want to buy a mobile phone. But the key is here is that if these companies are going to compete against Apple, they've got to concentrate on the user experience, not so much the minor hardware differences. Isn't that where Apple also gets, you know, a big plus there? Forget about the prices. Look at the fact that they're catering to a specific, defined, predictable user experience. You know, for example, if you use the iPhone, you already know how to use your iPad pretty much. Yeah, the difference is to accommodate the larger screen, but, you know, most everything is the same. But now with the Google Android system, you have a system for the tablets, a system for the smartphones, and it's not quite that seamless. No, it it isn't quite that seamless. I think they're just going to have to create a really compelling experience. And I think the playbook has some things that, frankly, I wish the iPad would have because it, it actually has the best multitasking I've seen on any device, at least in the demos that they've shown, where you can uh, actually have multiple apps running simultaneously and you have this little sort of thumbnail view of your apps. And if you've got uh, two videos running or a video and a game running, they'll both be running and you can actually see them see them running side by side and you know and tap on one to enlarge it and use it but i mean their multitasking capability is is fantastic sure but, but when you do that if you get too many things running in the background you also consume more system resources and battery life so possibly what apple did was the great compromiser i mean obviously the core of the ios mac os 10 is great at multitasking but Apple compromised, and then, of course, we don't see iOS 5. Maybe in iOS 5, a better multitasking scheme. There'll be other improvements, things like that. But let's look at that, okay? First of all, let's go to the iPad 2, which you guys have looked at. We've talked about the Zoom. We've talked about the potential for the playbook. Okay, the iPad 2, let's look at the negatives first. What didn't Apple do as well as it could have? The camera. The, the camera is really not very good. It's the same uh, camera as the iPod Touch, by the way. Yeah, so, I mean, not, not high def, poor, poor quality. Um, you know, obviously, even the front-facing camera doesn't support, you know, HD calls. Uh, the rear so is HD, though. The rear is, the rear is a bit better, but the photo quality in our review, in our review and testing of it, not very impressive. Uh, you know, but of course, it, it does sort of beg the question, are people doing a lot of photography with their tablets? Well, if they if they are, they shouldn't get this tablet. Um, then again, I think if Apple sees people really are doing things more than video conferencing, maybe they'll put a higher resolution camera chip in there. I don't think it's a big deal. Yeah, I think it's just I think they have to leave you wanting more. So there's an area where they're going to leave you wanting more. And the other two areas that we saw where they really leave you wanting more are. There's no, you know, for those who want mobile broadband, which is we were talking about earlier, I don't think a lot of people get a lot of great use out of mobile broadband on their tablets anyway. But if you if you really want it, you're only getting 3G, uh, not 4G. Uh, so you know you're you're buying something that's already out of date. In of course, regard. but then of course, are the chips available for? 4G that are efficient, cost effective. I mean, that's the reason why the Motorola Zoom doesn't have it yet. Yeah, I mean, being Apple, they could have, I don't know, either waited till there was 4G or... But they're not going to do that. But they're not going to do that. Sure, they're uh, going to bring a product out today that incorporates what works best. Because remember, even the first 
iPhone, you had 3G, but it didn't support 3G because at that point they felt, you know, maybe the chips were too expensive, not as efficient. They waited until the things worked, which may put them somewhat behind the technology curve, but they also get past the bugs, the serious bugs. They don't bring out something that consumes too much battery life, that kind of thing. I mean, that's true. They do They do get, uh, you know, I mean, there's no question that there's nothing half-baked about this. There's absolutely nothing half-baked. But for those who, who want, you know, the, who, who use a mobile broadband, the other thing that it doesn't do that the competition does, and, and even that the iPhone does, is it doesn't give you hotspot. So you cannot take this tablet along and use it to get Internet on your notebook. Which, okay, and we're talking about iOS 4.3 here because that has hotspots for the iPhone. Yep, but it's not it's not supported in in the iPad 2. Well, that sounds uh, to me like a software yet. update. So maybe yeah. a future software version could do that. Yeah, they, they, it probably could. And but at the moment, that's a drawback. Okay. Now that, those are the few drawbacks that we found. We'll look at the advantages in a moment with Avram Pilch of Laptop Mag at laptopmag.com. And you can check out their review of the iPad, the good, the bad, and, well, not really ugly, just stuff that maybe they hope would be done better. Please write us, news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Owl Live for one more segment. Hey, neighbors, Nuance offers Dragon speech recognition for a variety of platforms. Dragon Dictate for Mac, Dragon Naturally Speaking 11 for Windows, and Dragon Mobile Apps for BlackBerry, iPhone, and iPad. No matter how you compute, Dragon instantly converts what you say into text, helping you be more productive just by talking. Find out more at GetDragon.com. That's GetDragon.com. GetDragon.com. You expect professional service from your doctor, your accountant, and even the girl who takes your morning coffee order. Why not from your domain registrar, too? Namecheap.com provides stellar service with no sneaky upselling. We offer more features and security options for your website than there are ways to order a latte. And new domains come with WhoisGuard to protect your personal info. At Namecheap.com, you can get your domain for as low as $2.99. Now is a great time to get to know Namecheap.com. Reality check. There are many so-called health products coming out that are here today but will be gone tomorrow. They're fads. They're hype and a lot of gimmick. Life Change Tea is no fad. We've been around for years and we've been slowly growing. And our products have attracted loyal customers. Why? Because our products work. Cleansing your body. Losing weight. More energy and better overall health. And you might ask, says who? Our customers say. A company shows its colors with how many people reorder the product. So don't be afraid. We're the real deal. Log on to GetTheTea.com and read all the testimonies. In fact, log on and order at GetTheTea.com. That's GetTheTea.com. Or call us at 928-308-0408. There's no call centers, just a friendly operator. 928 928- 308-0408. Once again, 928-308-0408. This is an urgent message. Urgent if you care about feeding your family. S510 has passed through Congress and will make the sale of heirloom seeds difficult. 
prices of non-GMO seeds are skyrocketing and may be hard to afford in the future, if you can even find them. As the economy continues to decline, this will make the heirloom seeds worth their weight in gold and one of the best barter tools available. When food supplies eventually run out, your solution is to grow your own food and barter tool. Now, for a short time, GetSeeds.net offers 100 packets of heirloom non-GMO vegetable seeds for only $59. Pay with two ounces of pure silver or just $59. The best price on the net for high-quality seeds. Our GetSeeds.net seeds are open pollinated vegetable seeds sealed in a Mylar bag for long-term storage. Bulk pricing available, so get seeds while you still can at GetSeeds.net or call toll-free 877-341-4769. That's 877-341-4769. Sore throat? Spray that with Dermatol. Diaper rash? Spray that with Dermatol. Ouch! Burn or cut? Spray that with Dermatol for shockingly fast relief. If you had room for only one first aid product in your preparedness kit, you need Dermatol because it works on almost every skin irritation or injury. All natural Dermatol brings amazing relief to burns, cuts, scrapes, bites, boils, shingles, rashes, elderly skin tears, even chronic diabetic ulcers and bed sores. Dermatol is an all natural antimicrobial, antiviral, and antifungal wound cleanser that speeds healing with no side effects, is safe for all ages and skin types, and is even safe enough to spray on sore throats or onto sore eyes. Read our many testimonials at Dermatol.com, spelled D-E-R-M-A-T-O-L.com. Order online at Dermatol.com or call 800-217-6677. That's 800-217-6677. Effective, efficient, economical. Spray it all with Dermatol. The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. GCN. Great talk radio starts here. You are listening to the Tech Night Out Live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what to expect. This is our final session with Avram Pilch of Laptop Magazine for this time. Of course, he'll be back many, many times in the future. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. We talked about a few of the things where maybe the iPad 2 didn't come up to the competition. What about the rest of the story? Well, first of all, it is a lot lighter than the original iPad so you're t- and a lot thinner. So you're talking about it's like 33% thinner and 15% lighter than the original. Uh, that means it's, it's only 1.34 pounds and 0.34 inches thick. This thing is, for, for something that's nearly 10 inches in size, is really, you know, an optimal size and weight. So that's really important if you're going to be carrying it around. Obviously, um, the battery life is really key on a device like this. And believe it or not, this, the battery life on this has actually, I think, gotten even better. On our test, it got over 11 hours of battery life on a charge, which means you're going to be able to use this thing all day long and then some without worrying about plugging it into the wall. Uh, obviously, with the dual-core processor, it is a bit faster, although we didn't see a lot of apps that took advantage of that. Um, I think maybe there, there will be more to come. And then, of course, you've got the ability now to make FaceTime calls on it, which, even though the camera's not spectacular, you can make pretty good uh, video calls on this to your friends as long as they have FaceTime. And so, you know, that adds a whole new dimension to your tablet experience. This thing is so simple to use, you really probably could give it to Grandma and do a face, you know, do a FaceTime call with her using it. So I think this has a lot going for it. Certainly, 
if you were holding out and you wanted to get an iPad and you thought, well, I'm going to wait and see what I what they add, it does seem like it is is worth the extra hundred dollar premium because you know now you can get the iPad one for three ninety starting at three ninety nine. Sure, but only as long as the supplies last. Yep. Uh, it seems like it's definitely it's definitely worth it. I mean, this is the leading tablet today, no question about it. And this is where the other companies, as we indicated before, are clearly failing. Okay, but we realize now this is iOS 4.3, and we realize that we're all talking about the next version of the iOS software, what things Apple could add to make it better. So maybe focus on that for a moment here. We expect this is going to come out June or July, iOS 5. So what do you think Apple could do to make it better than it is now? I think they can handle um, notifications and multitasking. Yeah, well, let's talk about notifications. Push notification. You get one prompt, a modal prompt, which means you have to dismiss it before you can do anything else. If you skip that prompt or a second one shows up, you lose the first. That's bad. Yeah, I mean, this is an area where Android clearly is a lot better. I mean, you've got that notification bar on Android. Third-party apps can write things to the notification bar and notify you. And I think Apple is exerting a too much fine control over who gets to notify you and when and how the notifications look. I think what people like is the kind of experience that they're used to having on their desktops where you have things on Windows in the tray or on Mac. They can, I think, do things in your dock or wherever they do where you can, you know, an app can really alert you when something important is happening. And I think Apple has tried too hard to control that user experience, and they need to let go a little bit. Well, yeah, uh, but they don't, it's not necessarily the control, but the implementation. I mean, uh, it could so, work the same way or almost the same way as Android, and Apple could still control it. That That is true. Um, but I think the key is that not only are Apple apps able to give you those notifications, but you really want to make sure that if they implement a better system, it's open to all the third-party apps because you really want your instant messaging client to be able to, to tell you, no matter what it is, to be able to give you a really nice summary of who's messaging you right now. Uh, and right now, you've got these kind of annoying pop-ups, and it just feels sort of tacked on because the operating system was, was not really... Multitasking was never first on their mind when they made the operating system. And well, so the now, original operating system on which it's based does multitasking. And right now, remember that the multitasking we're talking about is with third-party apps. It certainly multitasks when you can take a phone call and check your email at the same time. That's true. It knows how to do that you know, pretty well. So it's got the capability. It's just how Apple wants to handle it. And it's the juggling match again. You juggle resource use, battery life consumption. I think it could be better. But I don't think it's ever going to be like a desktop until you reach the point where the resources and the power efficiency is so great that you can have identical multitasking to a desktop and suffer little or no loss. I don't think we're there yet. Well, I, I think the problem, and this is just a general problem that I admit to having with Apple, is that they want to, they want to, they're so interested in delivering you a good user experience that they'll take the decision out of your hands. I mean, what if I just want to run all these different apps and I'll take the hit and it's my responsibility as a user to say, okay, you know what, I want to have this really battery draining instant messaging app running in the background 
if I don't like it, if the app does a poor job, then I'll decide not to run it. But they, I but think they think that you, customers will complain if they find it too difficult to use. They want to say consistent, but I always said also, what Apple might want to do is have this little advanced button with 50,000 prompts saying, we're going to give you some extra features here. They're going to wreck your battery life, let you download applications from elsewhere. But you've got to click through all these things and indemnify us because we're going to give you no support. Do you hear me? We're going to give you no support and go into that exit button and get what you want. I've suggested that. As a matter of fact, I think Jason Snell of Macworld Magazine made almost a similar suggestion, in fact, first before I did, of having this way of getting a power user interface that would affect maybe 2% of their user base. The other 98% could use their iPhone or iPad or iPod Touch the way it is now, but the 2% can get the power user feature. I mean, I, I don't think, I think, you know, no one knows exactly what Apple is thinking, but I think they think it's in their interest to, to just make sure that their user experience is always associated with these certain things. And, well, we want to make sure that we're always associated with good battery life, so we're going to protect you from yourself. And in general, I don't think technology should be designed to protect you from, to force protect you from yourself. So I agree with you. There ought to be a way of, of opting out of, of opting out of some of the things that they do. But, but frankly, I, I think in, in certain cases, you, they shouldn't need to by default protect you either. I mean, you want, users want a lot of these multitasking things, but Apple wants to tell them we know what's best for you. You know, I think that's why a lot of people like Android. Well, that's why we have a good horse race here. If you don't like what Apple does, don't buy the product. Go elsewhere. You're not forced to adhere to their business plan, their ecosystem, their user interfaces, the way they decide to build their products. It's like with a restaurant. You go to a restaurant and you don't like the food, go to another restaurant. Yep. But, I mean, I think that's I think that's where a lot of other places win by providing you with, you know, with multitasking that is like it is on your computer where you have the choice. You know, they probably weighed also, as I said, the complaints that a lot of users will say, my battery life is bad, this, that, and the other thing. I don't care about that just to run these apps, you know. So you have to look also at... The nature of the user base, how many are just regular consumers or business people who don't care about the nuts and bolts and the consequences? But, you know, we can agree to disagree, and we'll see what iOS 5 does. And when it comes out, will multitasking be better? Will the push notification be better? It better be. That's one area where I do agree with you. It suffers severely. It doesn't work as well. Tell our listeners where they can find more of the things that you write about with Laptop Magazine. Just head on over to LaptopMag.com, and uh, you will see a lot of our reviews, our, obviously our, our insights. I have a weekly column there called The Geek's Geek, and uh, you'll be able to get tips and help and be able to decide whether you want an iPhone, an Android, or something else. Or even a MacBook Pro. Yep, or even a <laughs> MacBook Pro. Let me tell our listeners you can find more of what I do at TechNightOwl.com. That is TechNightOwl.com. On Twitter, we are Tech Night Owl. So it's Tech Night Owl at Twitter. Follow us, neighbors. We might follow you. And by the way, we have a second radio show about UFOs and things that go bump in the night. Also nationally syndicated by GCN. It's called The Paracast. At Paracast.com, that is Paracast.com. You've been listening to the Tech Night Owl Live. A special thank you to Avram Pilch of Laptop Magazine. Thanks for joining us on this week's episode. Thank you. Pleasure as always. 
The Tech Night Owl Live is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. We'll be back next week. Same bat time, same bat channel.